Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe. Hey, everybody. This is your good friend, Dr. David Proden from down here in the North Star Recording Studio. This is an impromptu Safety Doc Podcast 138. Everything's kind of gone crazy right now. It is the uh, burning down of America episode right now with our good friend, Bacon Maldito, returning from the greater Washington area where things are just as crazy as they are right here outside of Madison, Wisconsin. It's insane. Hey, Bacon, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I'll tell you what, um, I managed to escape the uh, socialist super hub before uh, the National Guard ended up getting sent in. You want to guess what I ended up escaping with? Uh, Pizza and a meatball sub. Oh, damn. Pretty good. How'd you know? (laughs) (laughs) Only thing you missed was the bottle of wine. I would think pizza. You know, what is it? Okay. Wow. All right. We'll okay. talk about that coming up. Hey, Juan Cabrera is in, in, in the chat. And I also see oh, uh, our good yeah. friend, um, Nick. Oh, wow. So, hey, I just I just um, saw an article come up, um, kind of scanning through Drudge and some other things, like stuff I'm not banned on, apparently. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll tell you that story in just a little bit here. But uh, Target is shutting down some of its doors because of protest and for the safety of their staff and just the security of their stores are shutting a number of target stores down effective immediately. What the hell? Oh huh? Jesus. Where's Aaron Clary going to get his short sleeve suits? You know, that's supposed to be funny. That's supposed to be funny. Oh, whatever the hell else he ends up going to go get. <laughs> that guy keeps one day supply of toothpaste. That's the way he is. So Jesus. yeah. Yeah, it's great. So, so man, um, you know, tell me what's happening where you're at. All right. Well, first, can I play you something real quick? Um, um, I th- yeah, I think so. You, you've got the access to the controls here. No, it, it, it's I'm on a different device. So, uh, I uh, here is the uh, today's theme song. Um, We'll, we'll quiz you. Let's see if Don't you recognize get us flags. it. Don't get us kicked off of YouTube. No, it, it, it won't be that long. It won't okay. be that long. And then we end up getting kicked off anyways. Here we go. Wow, that's fidelity. Hey, $16 mic. Oh, oh, wait, we're getting there. Hang on a second. I only play a second of it. He played played the entire four minutes and thirty one seconds. But no, uh, no, no man. No. 
I think I that's it. enough to get the point across. I, no, no, I got it. Yeah. So anybody out there? <laughs> right, hey, hang on. Juan, Juan, Nick, anybody out there listening? You know, if you can share it uh, out on on your social media platforms that we have gone live. Um, I was taken off of Twitter tonight because I I was posting. Um, questioning some practices that were going on in, in Madison with media coverage and, and the riots. Oh dear, how dare you do that? And yeah, no vulgarity, nobody by name, anything like that gone. So, um, and Jesus yeah, so, so my social media is pretty much done for a while, I guess. Um, I don't know what the time frame is, but anyway, yeah, we're, it's 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 really um I, I, you know so one thing i want to talk about too bacon once once we get face validity from where you're at and where i'm at but we're we're in this one two punch right now of chaos right we had the coronavirus in the middle of march it hit everybody shut everything down put us out in chaos and people kind of came back in the last couple of weeks to things opening up and and now it's it's a different chaos it's a second it's a second hit to everybody and psychologically, like that's really dangerous to have this close proximity within 90 days to significant psychological civil unrest events happen that are different in the country. And there's something I talked about called finite voltage, which is a term. Um, I don't know what the, what happened right there. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, What's this happened here? Did, did, did you see my video? Did you see my video? There's like an image that just came up on my face. It was like a smiley face. I, I, my hands are are not on the keyboard. I have nothing. No, no. So somebody's hacked. A third party's hacked in here. It's. I'm probably going to be a talking. Uh, the National ban- Guard has hacked your show. I'll be a talking banana <laughs> here in about a minute. So, so, so this whole thing, finite voltage. I think um, people are really on the cusp of cracking now, but. I'm going to, I'm going to be quiet a little bit. Tell me what's happening in your world. You know, what's happening with work. I, I'm assuming like they told you shut everything down, stay home. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing outside your doors? What's popping across your media buzzing on your phone? Uh, hey, does, well, does Nick want to get in? Just wait. Nick wants yeah, to get in. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say that. Yeah. He asked if uh, can, there was can you, one can more you send the screen, him the link. So. Yeah, Nick, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, hang on a second. You sent it. Uh, oh, um, God damn it. Just Send it to me on Twitter real quick. <laughs> I am not on Twitter. I got banned. I'm not there. Oh, that's right. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, just a, just a second here. Nick, Nick, if you've got access to your email. Hang on. Um, I, might le- I might leave the chat, but I'll be back. Hang on. All right. Just, Nick, hang on. We're going we're gonna to boost this up a little bit here. Um, sent. Yeah, this is all right. Here we go. Um, Nick, it's coming your your way here in just a second. On are you sending it to him? Um, yeah, on his um, on your Gmail account, Nick. Check your Gmail, and I'll let you in. Um, so yeah, that would be that'd be great. So Nick, I just said, hey, Conk, Conk, Nick, Conk was in the Ferguson protest riots years ago. Holy smokes, man! I didn't oh, know no that. Kidding. Yeah, Conk, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for being in. I got it. 
Yeah, is I, I saw your post, uh, Bacon, on my on show one thirty seven with Juan. Juan was a wonderful guest, by the way. And uh, I was trying to do that mic thing, and then I got the echo with the the speaker. I I need your help sometime in that. I still don't have that. I hear I, everything like I thought was perfect for that show. You need yeah. my help, Jesus. That, that's then, how we know we're fucked. <laughs> and I'm getting like this weird, like you know, the the and, you know, I just don't want that. You got a guest like Juan on. You got to be professional. You know, I want a good setup. I got a great guest, and and then suddenly, you know, that I cut that out on the audio um, part when I edited it, so that the audio is a little more trim because of my my gaffes are removed from there. So, all right, I can, I can, all right. Hang on, I think I should be able to send it on my end. Hang on a second. All right, so I sent it to Nick. Um, Nick, I'm not seeing you in the, uh, in the, hey, it, and Juan, you're also, um, uh, let me know if, if you want, if you want in, um, you know, in tonight's show, tell us what's happening in San Fran right now. Um this I'm getting my hair cut on on Monday. Three years worth of, or three months worth of growth cut. I don't know how I feel about it because I kind of like the long hair, but at the same time, not really in summer. Um, so Doc, how did you get banned? Your profile's still there. Yeah, one. I can't log in. Um, and and Bacon checked and found my profile too. So what I did is I was posting. I, I objectively was critical of the uh, Madison news. Uh, they, they sent young reporters, you know, out and, and they were interviewing them. Like, this must be like the biggest thing since, you know, you're, you're, you graduated two years ago. And they're sending them right into the midst of an active riot situation, you know, uh, looting happening, um, things like that. And, and, and then the guy is saying in the studio, well, you don't, you know, use your judgment. Well, that's garbage, right? You, you don't put people up in harm's way. So um, after that, I was gone. Those posts aren't anywhere to be found um, for people who have looked for me on Twitter. It kind of just ended, like all of my stuff. And then I got I, I got logged out, and then I, I'm unable to log back in. But apparently, my account still exists. So I, you know, wait a minute, hang on. Sorry to interrupt you, but let me get this straight. We had, and by the way, I got a story about that coming up. I saw some, uh, some of that, not personally, but it was on the media. Um, you put up that we probably, maybe you shouldn't be bringing kids to a uh, riots or protests oh, or whatever put, the hell they want to call them. And you got kicked out of for that. Oh, I didn't put kids. No, I mean, th these were reporters for the news station, but they were literally like maybe, you know, 22, 23 years old. This was a, one of their first assignments. So, you know, they're out there and they're just terrified versus in a veteran reporter of, you know, 40 years is back at the studio. And I'm saying they shouldn't have had anybody out there. It's too dangerous. And these young reporters, you know, they were putting them in harm's way. This was an active situation where glass was shattering. The one reporter picked up a, a leather handbag that had um, fallen out of the store that was being looted. She picked it up as, as, as looters ran past her. So she could have easily been, you know, beat up. One of the guys, um, I think, you know, somebody went after him and then they cut away, but they were, they, it was, I was just posting, this was really irresponsible for the TV media, basically saying we can be down here, but don't any, don't you come down here. Right. And, and they're putting their own people in harm's way, way too close as a safety guy. I'm looking at this objectively. I'm saying this is way too close. This is too dangerous. I mean, um, 
and you have drones, you have other capability. They had to get information. You could have stayed back a little bit, but they were sending their, their young reporters right into the midst of a very unstable situation. And I got booted for that. I got go gone. Hey, Nick, I see you. Hang in there just a second. Um, we just brought we just brought uh, Nick Shulaner in from Washington, so we've got Washington covered pretty darn well. If you haven't smashed that like button, do it because nobody else is going oh, to. Oh, hang on, Every, I'm going to do that myself. Everybody is against the doc right now. Everybody hates the doc because of oh, the truth. Up, doc. Except Nick and Bacon. I'm I'm just really um I I knew I could see a couple of people responding to it and. Um, by, by the way they're responding and kind of like their profile stuff quickly. I'm like, uh, I'm probably going to get reported and off, but again, not threatening, not people's first names, nothing like that objective. And I'm gone, but it's, it, it, it is nuts. I have people in Madison, friends of mine who have been texting me images of what's happening. Little videos are taking outside things. So it is a rapidly deteriorating situation, you know, squad cars, burning up buildings, burning up, you know, I guess, which isn't that uncommon compared to a lot of areas. I, I, I thought tonight would be the flashpoints. So how about you guys? What's happening? I just got out of all of that doc, by the way, can you hear, can you hear <laughs> yeah. me? All right. Yeah. And, Bro. You're coming, yeah, coming is, in loud and clear, Nick. Yeah. Nick is. Yeah. Oh no, no, no one, but yeah. Okay. But funny story today. As you can see, I am back at my HQ on the better half of Washington. And I picked, you know, parents helped me get back here. I'm just like, we had to pick today. So right as all this was going down, we're just going away from it. Holy smokes. Parent, parents are hanging out with me in the other room. They're just watching the news, pretty much just watching everything burn. Talk about watching, hey, Wait. watching it burn literally. <laughs> so they, they, they can, well, I'm sorry, real quick, Bacon, did you see the thing, um, I think it was King 5, where, you know, they cut to one of the reporters, she was trying to give an update on what it was like, but a bunch of people just kept yelling, and just, like, flipping the bird on the camera, so they just no, had to cut I missed the stream. Wow. So I missed like, that, but, you know, <laughs> there's no shortage of material coming out of this, man, I can tell you that right now. Bro, you, should put, you better have this on your show tomorrow, Bacon. Bacon. I'll find it for you. Chris, it, it, it's crazy because like the news, our, the local news out of Madison, and those guys were just terrified. Even like the veteran reporter, you know, who'd done this like 40 years is just like shaking at the mic in the studio. And then he kept saying, you know, if you have young kids, keep them away from the TV, you know, the, the vulgarity and language. And I'm like, yeah, this is, come <laughs> on. Nine-year-old brothers watching the TV right now with my parents. It's just, it was just insane. I don't know. We're, we're hours away from TV. the upper center, so... Yeah, yeah, so what so Nick, what's happening? I've just uh I've been on the west side for a little while. Just uh, uh west yeah. side of uh Washington. What? Okay. Pretty close to where Bacon is actually. And um yeah, I was there for a little bit and for circumstances I'd rather not discuss yeah, yeah, live, no. but for those reasons I'm back. And it turned out to be a really even though it was Bacon, you've seen it, it was kind of a storm this morning. Turned out to be a really good day to go back. By the way, I have to say this, and I tweeted this out uh, myself. One thing I got to hand uh, Cascadia up here, 
is that they actually managed to set buildings on fire during a rainstorm. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. How, yeah, <laughs> how do you do that, right? Credit for that. Dude, and okay, it's pretty here's the... rain up here. Yeah, but here's the funny thing. It's just as bad as Pullman right now, or at least it was a little while ago. But here's the really? thing. So my uh, stepdad, he's a Seattle police officer, basically. And so because he was helping me get back to my apartment, because of that, he can't be called in to assist with all this. Oh, wow. Which is kind of nice. Wow. And it's like, yeah, and apparently, apparently, like, internally, that was, like, a real concern. And I can't say I blame him, but I'm like, yeah, Nat, long story short, this turned out to be a really good day to go back. No shit. <laughs> hey, Nick, why don't you like the West Side? Why don't you like Pullman? Uh, <laughs> right now, I'll just copy and paste the link to just videos of all this rioting and stuff going on right now. You can copy and paste the link to the show I did earlier today where I actually got the call like live on the show. Right. Live but, on the Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's like, why don't I like the West side? Cause this kind of stuff doesn't happen on the East side. Wow. And then, uh, you know how there's, so for those of you who don't know, Washington state has like two main, um, two main universities. One is university of Washington, which is in Seattle. That's their main campus. The other one is Washington state, which is where I go to. And, uh, especially tonight, but just in general, you know, my parents say, you know, UW is a good school, but I would not feel, I would fear for your safety if you went there. And I'm like, yeah, I can't blame you, especially recently. Well, how far is that from where a lot of this has taken place, Nick? You know, a lot of, I guess, the looting, uh, protesting, um, right? It, right. Is, yeah. So I'm in Pullman. That's where Wazoo is. That is a good, like, five, like, anywhere between four to six hours, depending on, like, a few things but i am hours away from all this right now okay which is probably the best place to be wow that's it's crazy i can't disagree with that so so bacon like what's happening um where you're at well here's what happened today well keep in mind i knew about this and somebody's echoing me in the background i don't know if you have your audio turned down or not yeah, Here, I'll mute, don't mute myself in case it's me. No, no, don't worry about it. Anyways, so I covered kind of what happened last night, you know, with the CNN HQ being burned down. No kidding, yeah. <laughs> Over in Atlanta. <laughs> I had so much fun with that. This morning, I woke up. I was editing pictures of uh, chicks that I've taken screenshots of doing that and then i log on to the instagram and i get the first thing i see is a picture of what was it some profile called you do not sleep there and basically what they do is they take pictures of tents that are in places that pretty sure you're not allowed to actually uh, camp in now they have been gone for about the last three or four months you can guess why the first the, this time i actually saw their post and it has a picture of uh, all, a whole bunch of names of people who have actually been, you know, gunned down by police for whatever reason. You know, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, sure. all the heavy sure. hitters, all this stuff. And I go on this whole tirade on that and I ended up talking about that later in the show. I went to uh, Green Lake 
Okay. And the reason I went to green like is because I noticed on the five freeway there was like some slowdown. I didn't want to fucking do it, so I just took the tunnel right into the city, like going up north. Up north, you have Fremont and other places, in Wallingford, Ballard, Green Lake, Lake City, all these other places that are a lot better, not easier to deal with than downtown, Capitol Hill, Queen Anne, whatever, what have you. So I'm up there, and we're okay. talking about that. I have a few other people on the show, you know, they're talking about what's going on in their neck of the woods, you know, Ohio. Uh, Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, Juan joined the chat too. Was in uh, San Francisco. He told me there were protests going on in San Fran as well, as dude. well as Oakland, where somebody ended up getting shot. Like I literally, dude, there. literally everywhere right now. Like, right. I saw there was Minnesota. Like Doc, you're in Wisconsin. Stuff's going down right now too. We all know stuff's going down in Seattle. So it's well, like here's the thing. Every, here's it's the like thing. It's independently happening all at once. Which independently like happening all at once. No, here's the thing. What I thought at the time, as I was recording, I had not heard anything going on in Portland or Seattle, which led me to think, you know, I thought it was just the places where it's like warm. I even looked up Minneapolis's uh, weather. It was like 66 degrees at the time. Nice and sunny out. Atlanta, sure. nice and sunny. Um, D.C., nice and sunny. Didn't think it was happening up here. And I look up and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. They're burning down. Uh, what was it? Well, Gap's. Old navies, like just the most random places downtown. That last I checked, weren't even in business. Well, and I'm looking down that up, and then I, or something. And then I look, and then I see. Okay, I, I look on the traffic. Like, okay, most of downtown apparently has been shut down. And then there's stories coming out. Okay, now there's a uh, curfews coming out. Not just in Seattle, which happened at 5 p.m., more on that in a second, but also Portland right. as well. Portland, for whatever reason, uh, they, they decided to have a lockdown at 8 p.m., along with all the other places, uh, which we talk about later. Right. And then live on the, sh live on the show, I think I logged it to work like two minutes after uh, 5 o'clock. Live, like the actual alerts went out. Curfew is happening here. Like, <laughs> Make sure you stay in your homes. Do not go out on the streets if you're in downtown. So I think I actually got that on the show. It beeped on your phone, right? That emergency yeah. alert? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Holy smokes. And then guess what happens? I end up getting an order. It goes directly to downtown. Right where they have a, <laughs> dude, where you're they the, dude, you're the first person I thought of. I'm like, okay, it looks like this is happening in like the you know Seattle area. Wait a minute, this isn't Bacon usually work this time of night. I wonder how Here's where I am. <laughs> so just so you guys know, like now YouTube is rejecting my comments. Um, I'm getting a red thing that I can't comment right now on my own thread on my own show. What? All right, well, what? send it to me. I'll comment it. And, and I'll get my guys, stream banned. Uh, I, uh, Alduce in, is in Chicago. He's saying they're looting the Nike store here. He just posted. So I guess I'll try okay, again. Right. Jesus, everybody's got it out for me. If you two, you two guys weren't, weren't here, <laughs> I swear to God, if the screen goes blank, you'll never see me again. I'd be nah, I blame Bacon. He's the one that's always Bacon, getting this yeah. stuff. Man. Yeah, Bacon is, yeah, ever since I did the show with Bacon. Bacon if, you, a lot of Bacon, if you get this one down, I'm not making you another one. I've already done that once. I, I, I have learned to accept being blamed for fucking everything. Here. <laughs> I'm okay with that. 
See if I can make a post. Yeah, I guess now I'm back. This is <laughs> unreal. I've never had this happen in my I've never had this happen. <laughs> YouTube rejected your comment. And I just had like yeah, I just welcomed him. Welcome El Duche. So I tried to welcome you. I'm not gonna do it again because apparently you're not the kind of guy who likes to be welcomed into a chat. But oh no. god. So give me guys, give me your take on um Here's something else, you know, chaos, right? Coronavirus throws us into chaos in the middle of March. People deal with it. They kind of get back into routine in the last week or two. This now puts everybody else, puts everybody back in chaos. I mean, everybody's on edge with this. I mean, our community is going to spread. Where is it going to go? So now we've had 90 days and two significant um, chaos events that have impacted the entire nation. And from my, as a researcher in chaos theory, that is almost unprecedented. Like during wars, you've had sequential war events, which have happened, right? Like, you know, and then so, but these are two unrelated events. They're very close in time. There's this thing called finite voltage. It was studied in World War II by a psychiatrist, A-P-P-E-L, Apple, saying people can only take so much time in chaos before they kind of crack if they don't have reset. And I'm looking at this and saying, holy smokes, I think a exactly lot of right, people it? are pushed to the edge right now and um, and people are just going to lose it, like cognitively lose it. If they, you know, riots, it's one of those things, a protest. They had, oh God, in Madison where they're having these the riots right now in State Street, they had, uh, it was called Freak Fest in October. Um it was a Halloween thing, and you know, like forty thousand people show up. And then a couple of years ago, it got out of hand. Somebody started, you know, threw a, a bench through a window, and then eventually, you know, more <laughs> of that happened. And it was just because of that mob mentality. People start to lose it when they get into these big crowds. And I'm, I'm like, people are already on edge. They're afraid. Um, and then it just pushes everybody over the edge. What are you we going to? I mean, I've. Yeah. I, how close are we? I mean, Target's starting to, or, or Juan posted the Target is shutting down 14 stores in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see suspension of Postal? Are we going to see, I mean, how close, mm-hmm. even universities, like Mad- where this is happening in Madison, literally is one block from the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus, which <laughs> is shut down, you know, right now. But I mean, what, what do you got? What's your take on this? Because people I know, are starting to fray, like they're starting to lose it. They are, they're, they're just. Um, I can tell you this. Yeah. Um, I talked to my uh, my mom, who's down in Inglewood. You may recognize that as a uh, subsidiary of Los Angeles. Um, sure. I talked to her for uh, Mother's Day, and even she and she's uh, she has a pretty uh, you know strong mindset. You know, she's no fragile woman. And she's starting to lose her shit over all the lockdowns, having to wear a mask out in public, you know, having to stay six feet away from people and all the other made-up things we've had here. So if she's losing it, can you imagine the the, uh, average uh, Los Angelino or any person in any major city uh, having to deal with this? Like, Doc, think about it. You know how in your book you talk about the Taurus, which it's really like your cycle of what's normal? But, yeah. Right. You know how, like, as a result of, like, the new generations being so sheltered, their Taurus went from looking like this to like yeah. this? Yeah, absolutely. So add that to, like, yeah, <laughs> what you said, the two, uh, what do you call it, Sentinel events happening this close together. That's, like, 
Yeah. COVID yeah. was already pushing people over the edge. Yeah, this Nick, is just going to make it worse. You're right. Don't you're... forget the, hey, don't forget the murder hornets. Oh, yeah. That was a thing for a while. That's, this might be a three punch. It might be like waves in Hawaii. <laughs> they usually come in sets of three. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies with Christian Bale. I love those. Yeah, yeah let's but, talk about it. Yeah, think those about it. Because you know how in Batman Begins, you know, it ends with the city being attacked and there are riots because of the fear toxin. But at the end, you know, they get through that. Batman stops the villain. And, you know, by the beginning of The Dark Knight, they're slowly, Gotham is slowly dragging itself back. You know, you know, it's slowly but surely happening. Right. And so right when they're kind of recovering from all that and things are looking good, then the Joker just shows up and pretty much ruins everything. Oh, hang on. Well, bacon. We got trouble here on Nick. Door just walked in to see what the hell he's talking about. Door just got beat down. Nick sticks going off the air. The mob is showing up outside his house. Pissed off one too many people. (laughs) This is is a bad deal for Nick, man. Yeah, at least you only have to deal with the bangs online. Nick's dealing with it in real life. I'm telling, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, it's it, it's irritating, right? It's it's just, it, I don't know, it pissed me off, right? So, so this is this is Nick in the front. This is taking a still shot oh, from Nick's geez. camera. That's Nick in the front, and <laughs> apparently, this is Batman in the back. This was taken 45 seconds ago off of a, off of his webcam, so this isn't going to go well. I was here live, and I approve of this mess. <laughs> So anyway, people, we've got we've got uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and it's a scene where the Joker is in the interrogation room at the police station, and suddenly Batman shows up behind him and smacks his head down into the metal table. That's the scene up on the screen. Um, for those of you enjoying this show, uh, audio only. Um, but yeah, anyway, let me get out of this. I don't, I don't know, Nick's Nick's when Nick's running. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> He's manning his turrets or something. I don't know what's going on. Did you, here. Did you have the perimeter secure, Nick? Did you did you have to reload there? What did you do? No. Did you have to light the mode on fire? What's going did on you, over there? Did you have to did had, you light the mode on fire? Yeah, my ex is caught up with me, so I had to activate my apartment's countermeasures. Holy smokes. <laughs> but, Nick has just torched the 5G tower on top of his building. Yeah. In all seriousness, now what? My parents are staying with me because they helped to help me get back. So I just had to help them get ready and just show oh, them where stuff was. But I do have countermeasures, though. I probably won't stick on. I probably won't be able wow. to stay on too much longer because they're going to sleep. Oh, and I'm my God, to... Bacon. Okay, let's let Nick talk because we're only going to have him for a short time. But, yeah, you sure, guys made it. Just... I'll eat my pizza in the meantime. Yeah, but... um. It reminds me of the Christopher Nolan Batmans because I think of COVID as the first one. It's like the attack. And now, you know, as people were slowly kind of recovering from that and things are reopening, then this happens. And if you really look at the the structure of the Nolan Batman movies, The Dark Knight is the movie that really breaks everything. It's right. like they have to patch it up with a lie, which works for a little bit. But by the time Dark Knight Rises comes but by the time Dark Knight Rises comes along, I don't know, everything just arguably it was even worse than the Dark Knight, if that makes sense. But that's what this reminds me of. Like right as we were starting to, you know, things were starting to look good, boom. 
So yeah, tell us more about that because I, I like your psychological um, analysis of this. Um, so like, yeah, yeah, give us um, give us more on that. To me, it's just like this kind of thing happened at the worst possible moment for pretty much everybody. If that makes sense. Okay, you're truly included. Yeah. So so yeah, obviously, what was it in the dark night? I mean, yeah, just a series of things. Uh, I remember. Um, well, any you know when the city was held captive, those two like ferry boats, and they had to make a decision of kill everybody on one boat or everybody on another boat, and and then yeah, it kind of reminds me too of what the third installment with Bane when Bane was holding the city hostage and blew up the stadium. Yeah. Um, you know and, what's uh you know what's crazy about that though? It's like I re- I remember someone said this. The city of Seattle now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I still think we're in phase two. But, like, here's the thing. So the Joker just kidnapped the two ferry boats. Like, someone pointed out, in The Dark Knight Rises, Bane did what the Joker tried to do. Because you know how at the end of The Dark Knight, the reason people were on the ferries is because he broadcasts, it's like, yeah, come nightfall, the city is mine, and if any, and anyone who's still here plays by my rules, kind of like making the city his playground. Bane actually did that. And, but the only reason Bane was able to do that in the third one is because of... This is because of what the Joker did in the second one. He basically he basically created the conditions that made what Bane did possible. If that makes sense. So tell us more about that. But yeah, so basically, sorry if I'm spoiling the Dark the Dark Knight trilogy for anybody, but um Yeah, so basically years uh, later. Yeah, but you never know. So at the end of the Dark Knight, what the Joker does He's, you know, he causes a lot of fear, makes a lot of people turn on each other, and he corrupts Harvey Dent. And Harvey Dent, right. in that movie, he's like the shining symbol of like hope for Gotham. And, you know, Batman stops Harvey Dent and the Joker, but him and Commissioner Gordon basically say, you know, if anybody realizes this, people are going to lose hope and we're not going to come back from this. Um, so- and so they lie to cover it up. And by the third one, Bane finds out what Batman and Commissioner Gordon did. And after he beats the crap out of Batman, one of the first things he does is to expose Harvey Dent because Jim Gordon wrote a speech revealing the truth, decided not to tell it. Bane got the speech and he read it. Whoa. Yep. Didn't know that. So think about this. I still think we're in part two. So, yeah. So, you know, the second one, you know, we got the riots and COVID. I'm wondering what are the riots going to, it's like, what are they going to st- set the stage for? Basically, what's part three is what I'm wondering right now. I'm hoping it's the actual uh, collapse of the apocalypse. I got I have some nice sharper blades here ready to go, man. I've been waiting for this for years. <laughs> you know, it's... Bring it on! <laughs> what, what was it? Tonight in, tonight in uh, I think it was Dallas. It was somewhere in Texas. A store owner was trying to defend his property... And he was murdered in front of it. And then, like, his his teeth were busted out. And he, just his corpse is, like, all Ooh. mangled on the sidewalk. There were a few. I don't know if that was been scrubbed. But I, I, I saw it through some different stories as I was was you know, watching um, kind of some things, like, come through Drudge and some other sources. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how far. I, I mean, we're much... As you said, Nick, I mean, COVID, we thought of all the stuff that was going to happen. I think what's happening now is is close to shutting down 
postal delivery, right? I mean, um, UPS, all of these things, limiting grocery store hours. Uh, I mean, much more so than COVID ever would have done. Um, well, curfews. COVID was more more or less the test uh, run of an apocalypse. This is looking a lot more like another one. Oh, God, what's Nick doing now? Nick's running. Nick's <laughs> they got past his first line of defense. They got per- <laughs> what, did, what was his first line of defense? I, I thought it was uh, him lighting the fire in the moat or something. You know? I, I Apparently, they got through that. He he, wa- he watches Home Alone quite a bit, so it's probably like those Christmas orna- ornaments set by the door or something like that. And then he then he set that heater thing that. Uh, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, you watch you you watch a lot of Home Alone, so you, so you've got a lot of defense uh, measures. And pretty soon Nick's going like, to go out. He's to got an anvil hanging above his bed, fly the stairs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Funny enough, Bacon. <laughs> not quite that. Uh, not quite that. Huh? <laughs> Don't disclose if you if it's a if it's a legal issue here. I know, but dude, Bacon, if you ever come visit me up here, you'll see. Don't hit me with a anvil while I try to climb your stairs here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. I think uh, John Stokes said he wanted to join the chat. By the way. Yeah. I'm I'm trying. Yeah. I'm, that, do any of us have a way to contact him that's not Doc social media? I no. Oh God. I all right. How do shit. I? John, wait a second. How do here. I generate the link? Okay. I wait a second. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's good. I got. I uh, I I just got him. Um, I'm sending him the link right now. Bullruff so. says uh, they got past the archers. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I know the news. Nick Schulander has a team of archers on his side. Nick, Nick is like if you've seen Cheyenne Mountain, you know it's 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 better than that. He's got the blast door closed. He's, got, I mean, it it's intense. It is intense. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, not to make light of this, but holy hell, I mean, the and the thing is, like, we can all see see this stuff happening unfolding ahead of us like today when the 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 news you know peaceful protesting and stuff i was like it's not going to be that way once we get to 10 o'clock at night it's not shaping up that way like i study this stuff i know and i objectively started to share you know why this was probably going to end up just like it did in my area and of course that ended up you know swiftly getting me you know taken off of social media but so, so what, what's your take also on? Um, I, I was watching Scott Adams with Dilbert, and he was an, analyzing the Minnesota or Minneapolis riots, and, and it, where the guy w- with a um, black umbrella, uh, gas mask, took a hammer and he casually was knocking out the windows of an auto zone, and that was kind of the first domino to I fall. Saw that. And, and and Scott Adams said, you know, he's analyzing this, and, and if you if you follow Scott Adams, I mean, he does a lot of really uh, deep intellectual work, you know, his book, Loser Think, and, and he's uh, really into the human psyche. But he said, you know, this person, this was well-planned, right? Because the, the umbrella is to keep surveillance from identifying who they are. You know, they already brought the hammer with them. They're casually going about strategic, you know, doing this. They exit them from the scene. They're, they're dressed so they can't be really identified. Um so I, I'm looking at this, and I'm hearing more people say, how many agitators, right? Hudson, Wisconsin, um, sent a request to our governor saying, 
they had information. This was this was the uh, the person in Hudson. We're going to bring John. The the mayor said like seventy thousand agitators were coming to to Minneapolis, which is right. Go across. ahead. I'll do you one even better. But go ahead. I'm going to get the link to this now. We John have John Steele. John nice to finally meet you. John oh, Steele. Now, now it's the real Seattle chat. John is just like, I bought the highest condo in my building. I'm up to the 98th story. Oh, I, I'm, I'm good for now. Yeah. For now. How, how is everyone? Uh, first off, uh, first and foremost, can everybody sound off about where they are located geographically? I mean, don't talk to yourselves. I just mean what city. <laughs> right. Right. I'm about 30 miles south of you, which is about as close as I feel comfortably living. And uh, <laughs> guess what? Can you imagine why now? So, so, so Bacon, you are 30 miles south of Seattle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. South King County. Yeah. I'm okay. when I'm on the west side, I'm basically in the same area. But right now, I'm on the exact opposite end of the state. John, you want to know what this is. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, and by the way, I am starting a GoFundMe so I can move to Eastern Washington. I'm not kidding. <laughs> You guys think it's a joke. I'm not kidding. I, I don't I don't uh, blame David, you. Dave, I want at least five bucks from you. Yeah, give uh, me give me the link and, and yeah, I will I'm setting it up tonight before I go to sleep. I'm getting the out. hell out of out of Seattle. So, so John, oh John now in, you're gonna get out. <laughs> John is in Seattle. That was episode 78 of the Safety Doc Podcast Escape from Seattle. Awesome show. I am um I am about 35 miles um north of Madison, Wisconsin. Um and Madison, Wisconsin has popped off tonight. Uh, you know, police cars being torched, uh, buildings being being looted, uh, other things which authentically and people in Madison have been sending me messages, you know, friends and, and things like that and saying, here, here's what's happening. Um, so, so that's where we're kind of at. We got our, our, you guys got Washington State covered. I guess I am taking everything this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> okay, you, you handle that side of the Mississippi. The the, the 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 four of us we're gonna handle this all by ourselves. And and Aaron Clary's handling uh Minneapolis if he gets activated. By the yeah. way, Doc, I uh I, I put I put the I put the link to that Twitter thing uh in the uh chat. So what what talking is about crisis actors uh this shit oh, was set up. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of fl- flying yeah blind here because because I'm gone. I can't even log in. I, I don't know what happened. And no, I, it's in the chat of the YouTube uh, stream. Oh, okay, I got, yeah, I, I, I got, got it. Now. I got it. So, so yeah. Anyway, hey, John, I was I was knocked off of Twitter tonight for uh, what? I, I was critic. I was yeah. critical of, of Madison Media for how they were covering the the riots. I mean, at that point, it was riots. People were breaking, you know, windows, fire, stuff like that. And they took their young reporters, you know, like their 22, 23-year-old reporters. And they and they did this lead-in of saying, like, this must be the most, you know, exciting thing for you since you graduated. And the person's like, I graduated two years ago. And, and anyway, I'm looking at this from a safety perspective, and I'm posting and saying, this is highly dangerous. They don't need to be this close. They're telling their reporters to go right in. The the reporter had a purse which was, you know, st- looted from this 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 uh, boutique, and she was holding it. She mm. it was like lying out in front, and people are coming past her. And and I, then I could start to see some people were kind of flagging me back on some posts. Um, and then suddenly I was gone, <laughs> and I've been gone, and I almost got booted off of YouTube. I had to kind of fight my way back here, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've got a target. Me, I'm, I'm telling you this. Like, 
Because, I mean, let's be honest, you're you're the person that's actually studied situations like extremely fluid situations like this. Right. You're someone who's actually studied it from a scientific point of view. Right. So um, I, I know this is really open ended, but studying past catastrophes, uh, what what good practices should we put in place right now? Well, yeah. So so one of the things I was talking about but- before you got on, you might have listened to it or not, but you know, typically um, there's this thing called finite voltage that that humans have. They studied study it in soldiers during World War II. A psychiatrist named Apple A P P E L, saying you could be at the you can be in a state of chaos like at the front for maybe you know 100, 200 days and then you crack. You're either a captive, you're you're killed, or you have a mental collapse. Now, if you if you ec- extrapolate that into citizens. And look at morale, studies of morale during wartime, for example. Every 90 days, you had to change things for citizens or else they would start to just collapse, like they'd have a mental breakdown. So, like, you'd have to say, we're in a new phase of the war or something else. And so two things. One is, like, right now in the last 90 days, we had coronavirus, which threw everybody into chaos. People started to come back. Now we have this going on. Everybody's in chaos. So these are two sentinel events which you put people in chaos. That's never happened in modern times, two different events like this. Um, so I think what needs to happen is we need to get, uh, we, we need to call it National Guard, activate mi- military and whatever, and get stuff locked down before this. I, I mean, what? Minneapolis is burning again tonight. The stuff that I'm reading. I mean, we're already doing that. Madison, in most of the major well, cities. It's not going to be well, different to tomorrow night. It's going to be more brazen, more burning, expanding out into more areas. And someone is is is. I, I mean, we're going to end up with substantial loss of life, and in addition to you know loss of critical infrastructure, fire departments, uh, hospitals, things like this are going to start mm-hmm. to to be targeted. Mm-hmm. So I I think you've got to go uh, aggressive in getting control on this. And why won't anybody do that? Well, because you know some people are going to die if you if you if you take that approach, but people are going to die if you don't take that approach. Oh, I mean, right. it's kind of like a Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Say that. Right. Here's right? the thing. It's like, getting even worse than that. I have stories. I John may have heard about this. I don't know about Nick, but there are kids getting sprayed and getting pepper sprayed because their their parents are dragging them to these protests too. Yes, David. Did you That's see that wrong. story? Uh, it was actually very sad. It's this very young girl. She looked I like did. she was like ten. And they dress her up in like the black, the black block kind of thing, like the all black getup, and she ended up getting. What, Dave? You got you're a parent of young of young kids, right? I am. Yes. I mean, what what? I mean, I don't have kids, so I. How could a parent do that? Why would you put your child in harm's way like that? I do not it's, understand this. No, you're you're right. It, it's it's illogical. I mean, it's almost a uh, Munchausen by proxy, you know, type mentality mm-hmm. where you're bringing or, or you're bringing your kid into your own identity. Uh, I, I don't know if it's identity politics or or what it would be or or these. I don't know. I mean, I've I just these people who are like you know they're super enlightened. I'm going to bring my kid into this situation because this is the world, and I want them to know what it's like. They just have they have no. They have no filter. I mean, I would never do this with my. You would take a bullet kids. to the head before you would allow your child to go through that. Oh, absolutely. I, I would never do that. Even tonight is my, you know, my kids are, one is, uh, you know, a teen and, and one is younger. So, so the teen can process, you know, what's going on through the media, what the media and, and the media, I'm telling you, the media out of Madison, um, 
were, were, I thought COVID, you know, I reported that they were losing it when COVID was, you know, March when the NCAA was <laughs> shutting down Disney and they're, they're kind of shaking at the, they were losing it. Like the 40 year, literally the 40 year vet anchorman was just like, like and, and then they're sending yeah. these young reporters out and they're just like wide eyed and things are happening around them and all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, to bring kids into this, it's just, it's a complete disregard uh, and again, it's where you just think maybe it's maybe it's Dunning Kruger syndrome, right? Maybe people just think I'll I have a my much, kid. I have a much darker uh, view on this. Yeah, wait, hang on. Hey, John, did you see the thing on like King Five where they tried to cut from the studio to one of their reporters who was actually on the streets, and people just kept like you know getting in front of her and just interrupting her. They're just like, yeah, okay, we're gonna. We're going to cut back to the studio and give her time to get to a uh, safer place. No, I, I didn't see that one, uh, but oh, I, I, I would I love to. Five, I, but I, I can't wait. It. it was funny. Well, I, I, I looked, one thing I do look forward to with some sort of morbid curiosity is to, do you remember after the, the Trump election, you know, they, they, they made these montages of all the people crying after Trump was elected. Yep. I can't wait till they. I remember that. Yeah. I can't wait. Till they all these uh, ultra liberal and and you know what I'm not look this is this is horrific I've seen a guy I think I don't I think he's alive but he looked like he was beaten with within an inch of his life this is you know and and people just filming it this is horrific and people just trying to justify it that right. look that's got to stop Let, let's come on yes I, I come on that. Uh, like, well, well hang well, on here, here's is the there, thing go ahead. Um, Doc, so is there any idea of like the idea of just letting a fire burn itself out in school in safety? Because like sometimes that's the only thing you can do. Sure, yeah, but, like, there actually there is, there is chaos. There is yeah, I mean, like, it, most yeah. of the time it just ends when it, when it ends. And as a firefighter, I mean, there were situations like that, right, where you just be like, yeah, it's got to burn itself out. We just contain the structure; can't do anything about it. I, but the thing is, like, there's there's so much fuel to go yet, right? Mm -hmm. There's fuel such as hospitals. Uh, again, you know, um, you know, taking over hospitals, police, you know, water, sewer. You know, th I, I mean, I'm just saying, you could cripple infrastructures. You could take out power plants. You could do all of this stuff, which will end up in thousands of people in peril or dying. Um, so. Yeah. I, I think we're far from, um, you know, we're, we're far from that point of letting it burn out because I, I think, what, again, what we've seen is it, this isn't something where it's happened one or two nights and then, you know, it, it's eased back. It's not like a Ferguson, right? It, it, it's it's not like that. It continues. There's the to build. L.A. riots all over again. <laughs> It, it, it continues to build and build. And, it, we, what, and it's nationwide now. It's you know right. It's nationwide. You know what a really simple reason it can last for days is look at the people who typically protest like anything. That's the look point that I wanted to bring up. Their lives to get back to, especially that's, not now. So this can go along for days just on human fuel. If that makes sense. No, that's the point I wanted to bring up. And uh, just to answer John and uh, Doc's question, I think this goes far deeper. Keep in mind, especially up here in Cascadia, your Seattle, Portland, whatever. And a lot of these other places which are currently burning down, most of these people put their politics above everything else. That includes their family, that includes their children, that includes their job, that includes everything else. It's no wonder that you have, you know, kids getting pepper sprayed in Seattle. 
They're bringing them out there because they put their politics above even the safety of their own children. It goes beyond that. You know, see, that's something that's uh, uh, beyond my comprehension, actually. I can't understand how you could put anything above your, your family. I don't get that. that. But that's just me. I don't know. I kind of You do, have more to live for like than these the people do. Like this. It's like, like, I can understand the idea of every man for himself, but not, like, actively bringing people into harm's way. Like, I can't comprehend I can comprehend well, it. Well, it's kind of hard, hard to get uh, babysitters these days, if I, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but you guys get the point I was trying to make, right? Yeah, uh, no, we every man for himself, but not actively putting kids in harm's way. Yeah, uh, and that's, well, that's actually right, funny. Well, I mean... It's kind of like a, um, I don't know, Doc, you probably have a scientific word for this, like this kind of collectivist illusion that uh, can take place. I'm sure you, you've studied that because all the, the crises, you've examined it from a psychological point of view where, you know, the, the, the rule book just goes out to w- the window. They think that, okay, well, the, the rules don't apply anymore, you know, which. And in keep the, in mind, most people have been locked down for the last couple of. months. Well, you know, Doc, you talked about the, uh, you call it the voltage theory. And I, I think they, they call it that because voltage and electricity technically means pressure, right? Is that, uh, uh, is That's that correct? That it sounds like the idea that you can only handle so much. You're yeah. Muted. By the way, Doc, you're muted. Yeah, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> doc you got muted on the vote show. Boomer Tech, Doc, <laughs> you're muted. <laughs> Twitter banned his audio. <laughs> I just don't want to help Doc out. He doesn't know. Uh, he doesn't know how to get back on. I think he, he needs know. his own GoFundMe. <laughs> All right, Doc. If you look at the, the the lower bar, you might see that there's a button for uh, the camera for the mic, and uh, you're still muted, brother. Um, I thought I was unprofessional here. And uh, leave him alone. He's he's a boomer. Come on, be nice. Be nice, guys. So he's a good man. Uh, you probably uh, hit that button, or the other it option is well, well, it says he's unmuted. Like, okay, check so the you connection you, on your Yeti. See yeah, it's probably the con- it might be the connection of your mic. Check Here on we go. This is the one live stream where I'm not the one having the goddamn issues. <laughs> Notice my internet's doing pretty good, even though all my parents are using it as well. <laughs> So you're still you know, you're still muted, uh, you're movie. still muted, Doc. But it might it might actually be a physical connection of the the hardware or the software of your. Um, I think we've officially right. hijacked the stream from Doc. Everybody, okay. well, let's be respectful. This is his stream, guys. I know you guys will be. You guys will be respectful. What is this, this is safety Doc podcast? Uh, I got mute. I got kicked off my own live stream show. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything. Uh, you know, <laughs> Doc is one of the he's one of the good ones out there. Right. Know. So oh, yeah. Go. All right. He's gone off. He's doing his own thing. Oh, hey. Uh, I'm on the top <laughs> slot here. What are, you, what are you looking at? I was right. going for you, John. Um, you're in like back. a lot closer than Bacon or even I am. What is Seattle like right now? It, right. It, or it's uh, like, I at least am. from like your local area. Right. Yeah. Like that, what you can see from your apartment or your house or whatever. Enough. Actually, it's I am in uh, South Lake Union, that, that neighborhood there. You know what that is, right? South Lake Union. I was uh, just there. Kind of. Give me a second here. 
<clears throat> yeah, you it's can Google South Bay. I don't want to like totally dox myself. I'm not going to give you the address, but you know. I know. I'm just trying to <laughs> get it. Oh, yep, I see it. Yeah, so that's where I live. So, um, oof. It, it, <laughs> yeah, oof, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, but uh, no, I'm okay. It's all right, and I do have. I literally have 1,200 rounds. So okay, okay. any any there luck? We go. You're back here. I You're back. back. Welcome back oh. to your own show. Your own show. <laughs> God, give him a second to re- re- or reorientate himself. But uh, you know, you're not bomb. Hey. You're not. It, you're bombing hell. the right targets if you're getting flag. I think that's what's going on here. <clears throat> oh, and he left there us again. Go. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Christ. I thought I had a bad. Okay. Hey, stop picking on boomers, man. Come on. <laughs> that was too much fun. Uh, yeah, I know this boomers. You know, I was all for picking on boomers till I saw that that really messed up video of the guy beating up the dude in the nursing home, and that really upset me, actually. All right, well, that's a little bit different, you know. We're just doing it online. Okay, but yeah, but no, but, but uh, to answer you guys' question, um, Seattle is not as bad, surprisingly. Testing, testing one, two, three. Yes, there we you're go. Back, you're back loud. Testing five by five, five by five, brother. We're hearing you loud and clear. Can you hear testing us? Testing one, two, three. Oh, now he can't hear us. Oh, God. Testing. Testing Can someone send him a text that we can hear him? Hang on. Let me text him real quick. Yeah. Tell him that we can hear him fine. Doc, we can hear you now. Speaker. You're good, Doc. Oh, God. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes. I'm the only one who has the video, so I can actually nod. Say yes, like put say yes. The, the strategic strike again to take me out, which is a four strike tonight. <laughs> That's how you know you're doing it right. The EMP. That's how you know you're doing it right. Hold up a sign saying yes, we can hear you. <laughs> yes, yes, we could we can hear you. There's nothing uh, honest to God. This this is it's board it's bordering. I mean my hands aren't even on the keyboard. <laughs> yes, we can hear you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm back. I'm, I I'm, I'm not touching the keyboard and <laughs> don't touch it anymore. <laughs> I'm being shut out. I'm being told I can't post. That YouTube hates me. I'm a oh bad God. person. I don't dress well. I can't. I, I, I'm not. I can't coordinate anything. We've gone from uh, the safety doc promoted his own show on his own show to getting banned off his own show. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fight to get back on my own live stream. I'm yeah, going kind of right. funny about this though. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, of all the controversial personalities we know, Dave is like the most benign. And he, he, actually, he worked in the fucking school system. You think of all people, he'd be okay. No, apparently not. <laughs> They want me gone. He's one of the sweetest guys I know. And he, they actually he gets kicked off of everything, including his own show. It's like, it's not right. I'm sorry. I'm so glad I suggested this. I'm so glad. Jesus. It's the greatest. I'm afraid to touch anything. Now, right? I have to ground myself right. before I short a mic out or something here. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, they dropped an EMP over my house. <laughs> Dude, watch, um, it, hey, watch at the hour mark. Your, your house is going to get struck by lightning. 
It's sad because I spent the whole day working in the yard. The place looks really good, so I don't <laughs> want the neighborhood to get trashed tonight. Well, David, don't, don't dox yourself where you are, but I mean, how far are you from the troubles, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I'm 30, 35 miles, and actually to get oh, okay. to where this is happening, to get to the capital in Madison, you've got to weave through the city quite a bit to get down to where that's at, so... Um, you know, if I were to drive it, it's a solid 45 minute drive. Oh, okay. So you're, to, you're good to get, yeah, good. where, where I'm at, the really, yeah, it, it's, it's not in that, but yeah, like, a, you know, who knows what, what, again, these, this ripple effect will be wanted posted in the chat that, uh, Target was closing stores temporarily in San Francisco area for safety reasons. Uh, because of of protesting riots and things like that, how much the of this same we... happened to me too? By the way, um, we got a text, and I, somehow I ended up getting two orders afterwards. But yeah, we closed <laughs> our uh, operations like about an hour after the uh, what do you call the uh, the curfew was announced. Oh, so, oh, so, so, so yeah, the curfew was. I got that uh, thing in Seattle. We all got that like that Amber Alert thing. You know that thing, Dave. You probably know the yeah. bullet. You probably know the guy. Got a live one. Got a live while I was recording a show. By the way, <laughs> I got literally like on that. the show. <laughs> that thing is loud. Jesus. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. What's actually funny, John? I don't know if you heard this, but my stepdad, who helped me get back here today, he's like a Seattle police officer, and because uh-huh. he's over here with me, he can't be called back to help with this. So it was like, oh no, kidding. It was the perfect day to come back here. The hell is this? Taco <laughs> Town? The Taco Town's on fire. No fucking um, way. Honestly, they just lit up the Taco Town. What did Taco Town do to anybody? <laughs> the, they're lighting up. They're lighting up Urban Outfitters. I think I didn't even know there were well, still no, a business. The, ta- the Taco Town. So this is a taco inside of a crepe inside of a blueberry pancake. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, you guys you guys missed the best video. And I, I wish I had saved the link, but it was actually the Seattle Cheesecake Factory. And it's an oh, anti chick. You yeah. saw the you saw the chick coming out of the cheesecake factory holding a cheesecake, like just walking in, in, in her full regalia of Antifa, walking away with her cheesecake. That was that was classic. I can't wait for the memes. I you know what I'd like to memes. see. I'd like did to you, it, did it like look to like somebody who would actually go for cheesecake. Uh, she could have lost a few pounds if that's what you're <laughs> yeah, I can't wait until I, I hope one of them burns down a toilet paper factory. <laughs> well, as, as you said, Nick, I mean, where do we go next? If this continues a couple nights, it's going to be targeting manufacturing, right? And it's going to be, you know, whether it be hospitals or you know, nursing homes, fire stations, but manufacturing is a, those are big areas to try to secure, you know, somebody setting up warehouses for whatever it is. Um, well, I was thinking like power stations, like, what, well, yeah, what? I, I, so I wrote about it in school of airs. I had a friend um, who, when nine 11 happened, so he lived out in the country and in back him was a, a substation for a power grid. And that, night he went out there uh, with his guns and he just stood guard at this power station just self-appointed right and you're kind of thinking it's a weird thing to do but he was like who knows what's going to happen next like who it mm-hmm. yeah this is remote but but i think this is the mentality of of what that we see this we also see that we don't have police pushback 
in a lot of cases on this. What's the next step of organizing some of these people and saying, here's the power plant, here's the power grid, um, and, and bring that down and start blackouts uh, and take down, you know, uh, water and, and things like that, you know, take down water towers. And I don't think we're that far away from people thinking, hey, if we're not getting resistance, if we don't restore, let's just um, push the boundaries. Let's until just push, it. yeah, push the boundaries and see, see what else can fall. And that's the thing that I think gets really dangerous. So everybody's doing this political dance, right? We don't want, we don't want to get involved. We don't want to be the police department that ends up enforcing whatever. And, you know, some people die uh, because we're going to be on the media. Things will escalate. So, but happened in it, Chicago. Well, also, you got to look at this way though. Do you, if you're a police officer right now, are you going to pull your gun? No, right. It's got to be horrible. I was thinking about that, right? If it, you're a it, cop, it, you, you are not going to pull your gun. It's you got to be right. Oh, Even if it's like, horrible to be being a police officer. I think you guys are thinking just a little bit too much logically. Now, that would make sense if you're actually trying to premeditatively shut everything down to go after the water supply, to go after the power supply, gas supply, what have you. I don't think they're thinking that logically. My well, thought, actually, when you brought that up was you were talking about, you know, South Lake Union, whatever. What if these guys actually go after Google? What if these guys actually go after, uh, you know, Amazon, Microsoft? Amazon's been pretty demonized pretty heavily here. Yeah, but I don't know if you've heard much. about that. Well, they did go after Bezos balls. <laughs> they did? <laughs> no, I know yeah. the three the three structures, the, they, they went after those? Yeah, there was something about Bezos' balls they went after. Now, I'm not sure if that was a sexual fetish thing or a political statement, but because <laughs> the biosphere things, right, that are out in yeah, yeah, they, they call their nickname is the Seattle the Bezos, Bezos balls. balls. So, yeah, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know how successful they were. I don't know. Apparently, Bezos got big balls, uh, but um, yeah, and, and like I said, in Seattle, um, a lot of people are, were wondering. People were asking me this. Um, uh, two couple of nights ago, actually, no, they actually asked me the first time uh, Portland went apeshit why it wasn't going on in Seattle. Well, I don't know if you guys remember because a couple of young bloods here now. David's old enough to remember uh, the WTO riots. David, you remember those? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, yeah. Seattle was the center of those. So um, when that happened, the Seattle Police Department was completely unprepared. They actually had to totally create a. Uh, uh, David, cut me out with the with the verbiage here. Uh, a, a plan for dealing with with that kind of unrest, and uh, whenever there's been a protest since, Seattle has always pretty much, you know, despite being an extremely liberal city and having, uh, how do I say this, uh, leftist uh, police chiefs and whatever, they've always had that uh, training and infrastructure to deal with this kind of thing that places like Portland do not. Right or that's Madison, that's Wisconsin. Does that really mean anything if they're not willing to use that training? Well, yeah, but that was the thing about the Seattle PD because of what happened in when was it ninety nine? Uh, it was like the yeah, it was like the December of ninety nine, I think, when the WTO thing happened, and <clears throat> Seattle was pretty much locked down. And actually, uh, I think the president was in town, and basically, like you know, I mean, anyway, I won't get into the whole thing. You guys can uh, Google it. If you're interested, I don't know anything about it, actually. That's Atham's job. 
But anyway, that was one of the reasons why Seattle uh, police force has always been more professional in handling quote unquote demonstrations slash protests slash riots than let's say Portland, which is a neighboring city of, you know, similar size, a little smaller, but you know, 180 miles away. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So John, you bring up a good point because uh, you know, like, so many of these police departments, Columbus, Ohio, Madison, Wisconsin, they're not at all prepared for what's happening right now. And, and typically in Madison, right, I mean, it's there are protests, but it's, you know, it's a march to the Capitol and, you know, it's done. It peacefully dissolves. So they haven't trained for this. I've, it, you know, I'm just speaking as a safety expert. You know, it's very mm-hmm. unlikely they've had any in-depth training on something, um, you know, like this. So they're kind of having to deal with this. Uh, as it unfolds. Um, and, and yeah, I, I mean, what orders are being given to stand down? Um, you know, the thing is, are we, what's, what's going to happen? Is, is people going to be, you know, taken in, in hijacked into vehicles, you know, driven away people driving, you know, to, in Madison, there was a police car, a cruiser on fire and somebody got inside of this burning cruiser and drove it down the road like another 200 feet this evening. So oh, wow. you could have easily had somebody plow in and, you know, you know, injure, kill 10 people. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually amazed with everything going on that we haven't had a report of, you know, someone bringing out, at a, you know, like a mass shooting event that's happened on one side or the other, you know, either a Kent state uh, civilian um, militia, or rioters. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that, that all of this has happened. This, you know, and, and, you, and you see you see these videos, these store owners. And tonight, you know, Madison, the one guy, he's like, I've had this story like my whole life and my family and the damage is easily like forty to $50,000. Plus I was shut down for two months with COVID. And I don't know how I'm going to recover. And you, you're just like, you know, people oh, like yeah. that that are pushed to the stress limit. So, oh man, I, I, I don't know. I have this 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 feeling, and, and kind of John, as you as you guys are saying, I what is going to prevent tomorrow from being further escalated than what things are right now? And then it. I don't. Tomorrow. I don't think it. No, I think that's going to happen regardless. More important. But we've already seen that happen in Chicago, and I think it happened in Minneapolis as well. Like people were given the orders to kind of stand down, and now like precincts are being burned down as we speak. You know. We're already seeing it happen in certain cities. Right. You know? More importantly, it, it, what it, is it, this going to set the stage for? Like my Dark Knight analogy. What do you think on that, you guys? What do you think? What What's coming next? Do you want my two cents? Yeah. 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 Well, 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 well first off, I do believe that um, uh, I don't believe it'll be uh, the Dark Knight uh, scenario. Um, I do believe that um, ultimately people, uh, let's say uh, most of us, we're going to say, okay, enough of this. Not necessarily, we're not going to, we're not going to kid up and go out there and, you know, shoot down the protesters. But eventually people are going to say, look, this is, (laughs) people are going to say, no, uh, we don't, we don't want this. This is not the way we want to live. Now you might say I'm, you know, unicorn pie in the sky rainbows and stuff like that that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that people are going to say look enough is enough because it's gotten to the point right now where people who have uh, people who are invested in society powerful people are at the point right now where they 
can lose something. Okay. So when it gets to that point, that's when you, that that's when you see a reaction. That's when you see a pushback. Now, a lot of you guys might disagree with me on this. I think the, the police are, uh, I don't, but please continue. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. I could be, and I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. I, I think that, uh, the police did the right thing by not look if the police had started opening fire and a lot of people I, I see this like on Twitter and social media I've been seeing for the last two nights so, you know open fire in these guys and stuff like that if they had done that that would totally played into the narrative but the fact that they have showed restraint which to be honest I can't imagine how they're doing it because if yes. I was a cop I would I would I would either have shot back or I would have handed my badge one of yeah. the other. Yeah, uh, but they have. They showed tremendous restraint. I don't see any, you know. I, and I actually saw a cop in Chicago, literally, but like thirty guys beating the shit out of him, um, and he never pulled his gun. Um, but Holy and they showed this, tre- trem- yeah, yeah, you can see it on Twitter. And um, they ha- they show this tremendous restraint. So when this when this all shakes out, and they and it's shown that they didn't do that, it's going to be like, okay, now we played nice, we did it. You can't say anything bad about us. Okay, now it's our turn. So, uh, so, so essentially, you you're saying that it's like since pretty much nobody's shooting back, eventually it's going to burn itself out. Yes, yes, it, it, it'll burn itself out because the the uh, like the CNNs and the uh, who were the there was a there was three or four uh, celebrities that were defending these guys very openly. It, the guy from the office was his Carell, Steve Carell, or what? Right. A couple of, uh, Steve and, Carell, really? Yeah, the guy, and yeah, he was like offering his own. He, he they all put up like a hundred thousand dollars to pay bail, like the four of them, I forgot what. And You're um, kidding me. yeah, so all these people are going to be sh- publicly shamed because they're going to the, the video, like of the guy that was defending his store in Dallas. That was, I mean, that was horrific. I mean, that was hard to watch. You know, and I, I'm no pussy. Excuse my language, Dave. I don't want to talk bad on your show. But, you know, I've seen some bad stuff in my life. And and just seeing seeing things like that, there's a visceral reaction that most human beings have. And people are just not going to be forgiving to people who support that either, you know, uh, directly or indirectly. So what you're saying is once the people who may be organizing this, quote unquote, or, you know, people who are in power. Again, quote unquote. Once they have some actual skin in the game, they may lose or they might start backing off of things just a tad bit. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, partly. Yes, I think that like it's gotten to the point like it was like what you know CNN was all for this, and then CNN got attacked. And now their back or is it burning down? Right. Uh, I mean. I mean, I see what you're saying, but the only problem, I think, you're underestimating. Like, I think I brought this up earlier in the live stream. It's like stuff like this can last for days because look at the people who participate in these. Many of them don't have jobs or lives to get back to. Mm-hmm. Especially these days. It, yeah, it's an incredible adrenaline you know, rush, too. I mean, there's a, an addiction to this, this type of... Uh, you know, behavior. And again, this, this crowd, you know, when you're a part of a crowd, something happens um, that is very different than, you know, in, in being an individual in a situation like that. And, and John, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, and, but I also struggle with thinking like today, thousand, a thousand people turned out in Minneapolis 
you know, to clean up the city, you know, brought brooms and wheelbarrows and stuff. Yet tonight the city is being destroyed again. And if, if I'm coming out, you know, it's one thing if a, if a tornado hits my community and I go out there for a couple of days helping people, but if a tornado hits like the next day and the day after that, I mean, there's this fatigue that's going to set in. I just don't see people. It's, it's one thing if it's war, right? World war two and you're getting, you know, the blitzkrieg and, in in you're in England and, and you, know, you, you got to dig out every day and things like that. But I, I don't know. I'd say, I, think, I think there's going to be a fatigue where people after coming out one or two times to clean up main street of Minneapolis or Madison or Lake street or whatever, they're going to be like, I'm not going to do this again. Cause, and that's what I'm worried about because I think people respond well um, to, so they respond well to crisis in a short term. Crisis like, in, a, in this, in, yeah. In, think about like fantastic this, way to put. We're it. not used to long term. Like Chernobyl was the last. Eighty six was the last real long term crisis we had. The, you know, nine eleven was a short term crisis. Nobody expected mm-hmm. planes on September twelfth to, you know, strike in the U.S. So this is, you know, COVID was drawn out. Everybody's afraid. Now this is this is continuing. People aren't used to this, um, and from from a uh, psych, just from analyzing disasters, you know, school shooting, school shooting happens, it concludes. I mean, it's devastating, but you know, there usually aren't successive school shootings in a setting. I mean, they happen across mm-hmm. the country, but um, so we're pushing people into this really dangerous psychological territory. And I think Bacon, you said, was it your relative or your mom or something was starting to really lose touch with you know reality maybe in in just super uh sensitive to what was happening in the environment oversensitive and people have confirmation Hi, hyper, hypersensitivity hypersense and people have confirmation clear reality but you know but you know and, and game on this is somebody who she she has her own little farm like in her uh not a farm but like a guard or something in the backyard she's probably the most set up person i could think of that's in the area um, where she needs to go off the grid, she can't. But she's having to deal with all the regulations, all the you know mandates, wear face basket, all this other happy horse crap. You know, it that's starting to get to her. And then now this happens. Right. I, I think it's this compounding which we haven't seen and we haven't studied, right? And and in addition to that, forty million people laid off, so this economic mm. twist of things. And I mm-hmm. I haven't I have not seen something like this, and it, it, I'm sure it's probably happened, but it hasn't happened in contemporary times, and I don't know what to make of it. I think face validity, like what we're doing, saying here's what's happening in Seattle, outside of Seattle, here's what's happening in Madison, things that we actually observe, things, you know, I, people are sending me pictures, people I know from Madison, that helps us, but also in the situation they're observing is very unstable and changing, it's hard. We stay out in this chaos area and it starts to just burn all of us out. Confirmation bias, too. So many people l- look for the riot to happen, so they manifest the riot. They they look for these things and I, I they, they only see the oh, news to oh, play to their narrative. I don't know. So guys, I mean tell me what tell me what you're thinking too, because Well, can I just I, say, David, I, I I don't disagree with anything that you said. But I think it's very important, especially important for individuals like yourself that uh, people like me look to when things like this happen, is that we stay rational. That's extremely important. And that's that we have, to, we, we have to, uh, 
you know, uh, I, I mean, I hate to put this burden on you, but you are an <laughs> expert in this. And it, no, I'm not kidding. No, I think uh, you, yeah. you, you have to stay rational and you have to look at this in a way of like, okay, how do we work the problem? Okay, this is what's going on right now. Okay, what do we do? Now, you, you could be 100% right. Like, okay, this is this is unprecedented. Okay, but what do we know from the past? Okay, we don't have an exact situation like this, but what can we predict from this? Like, what do we know about uh, sociological and psychological, uh, the, you know, the way uh, society reacts in similar situations? Okay, how do we project? How do we work this? How do we work the problem? Like you said that in the book, how do we work it? Yeah. So how do how do we work the problem? Kind of like in Apollo thirteen, um, and yeah, part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it becomes a non-negotiable thing. We have to work it. We have to come to some resolution. And you know, I I guess I mean it's going to then come to to leaders of different um, you know groups. I guess coming together and trying to figure out. Uh, I don't know if it's so much a truce or or commonalities. I, I kind of think of Jimmy Carter, right? Like we can have some negotiation at least that we can move to a negotiation versus a protest which devolves into a riot um like now because of possible <laughs> agitators brought in from third party interest and all of that stuff so um yeah i think rational is it there will be a point when this this will end i mean it won't sustain but at the same time, and if it does, we'll just adapt to the new normal. We'll we'll adapt. But the thing is, though, if if things start to evolve to a power station, a power grid, water supplies, you know, that fire departments, right? You can't bring fire trucks into a situation like this because a fire engine is a, a six hundred thousand piece, six hundred thousand dollars piece of equipment, and uh, just an engine. A ladder truck is over a million dollars, and they take two years to make. So. You oh, cannot. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's really, completely, it's completely accurate. So, yeah, um, okay. yeah a, a ladder truck. When you see a ladder truck, a new ladder truck is about one point three million for a basic hundred foot ladder truck, and yeah, you're. So, so you cannot bring these things into situations that you can't secure because if you lose that asset, it's going to take you a year to to replace mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to start having some assets taken out of of the mix. Um, you know, we saw, you know, ambulances, um, you know, that, that have been, you know, torch tip over too. So I, I we, I, then I, you I have to start bringing them from out of state. Um, I don't well, know. I used you to get, live in a town called them? June Lake. Okay. Well, I used to live in a town called June Lake and, uh, June Lake is next to, uh, Mammoth Lakes. Uh, and if, uh, none of you guys know where that is. That's off the Eastern side of Yosemite and, they, had, they were clearing out some of the brush up there uh, on one of the trails. One of the, uh, what do you call them? Basically, it was a tractor with, um, what do you call it, lawnmowers attached to it. And it ended up catching some rocks. It caught fire. The guys got out right before everything went up in flames. Oh, but, but, but the, but the, 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 the vehicle, vehicle itself went up, is what you're saying. Is that, is that what happened? The vehicle, the vehicle itself went up along with every uh, most of the mountains. And uh, so literally I go into work and there's smoke coming off the mountains <laughs> and we're watching like pine trees. I don't know if you've ever seen a pine tree go up. It goes up very quickly. <laughs> and they were bringing in units from Montana. Right. They're bringing units from Arizona, but, but Idaho, Washington State. But it's regional. Like here it's everywhere. Like you can't, it's just like COVID. How do you shift resources? So, so, 
that's the thing. Custer, South Dakota had a wildfire uh, three years ago during winter, um, but there wasn't a lot of snowfall. And this wildfire started small and it grew bigger. And they usually have firefighters there and equipment, but it wasn't the time of year for wildfires. So they took all that equipment and moved it over to California where the wildfire season had just started. And they couldn't get that equipment back. So I, I know what you're saying, Bacon, but also... You, where do you borrow from right now? I mean, which community right. is, is going to lend well, you? You're you're right. Uh, the situation I brought up, you know, yes, that was regional. That was in one spot. Here, it's almost everywhere. And who? I mean, and who's who's going to do that? I mean, who's going to loan you something? They, there just isn't the stockpile. So, I I think we're. I mean, we're at this point, I guess, where we we have to watch what happens. Situational awareness, talking to people, if. It, there would have to be some drastic um, military, uh, you know, police state response if there was a substantial power grid interference or something like that, because then that that becomes a country. Well, only in that. I, I, look, um, David, I agree with you when it comes to like if the power grid goes down. Yes, that, that then it becomes like because that could be a point where China attacks or something, you know. Yes, absolutely. But. Short of that, I don't believe, you know, the whole posse comitatus thing. I, I I don't want tanks. I don't want M1A2s coming down, you know, uh, right. Dexter Avenue, uh, where I live. I just Don't worry, there. they're already outside your front door. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. Right, in the front, right then, John's video cuts off. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a tank shell comes into my living room. One of the members um, of my family this meme. Let you read that real quick. My point is, is that short of that, I, I don't. We have to, you know, as I would say, or, or think they work the problem. We have to work the problem. Let, let's not, you know, it's easy to say, and I don't mean this as a bumper bumper sticker platitude, but I don't know how else to say it. We got to work the problem. Let's not get overly, you know, overly emotional, and you know, but let's work it. Okay, we can solve this. Okay, this is actually. A lot simpler to solve than the uh, uh, Apollo 13 mission. I sincerely believe that. If we can solve that, we can sure as hell solve this. Right. That's my two cents. I could be wrong, and if you guys disagree with me, that's totally cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally open to the I'll idea. I'm throw in disagreement right now. That was back in 1969. We had actual like Ben who could do the rational thinking you're doing right now. Who's the mayor of Seattle? Who's the mayor of Portland? Who's the mayor of Minneapolis? Who's, Who's the, the mayor of Atlanta or Georgia or whatever? <laughs> Who's the governor of the whole state? Who's the governor? There you go. So, uh, so from a political standpoint, uh, yeah, I guess who who starts? Because in our state, yeah, our governor has been pretty much silent, right? Completely vanished mm -hmm, during mm -hmm. all of this. Um, so, I mean, I think it'd be it'd be extreme. I mean, it'd be extremely powerful. Yeah, to have the governor come out, start to meet with some of these groups, the, some of the business owners, start to, um, and and that's a good point. I mean, it it begins with with this type of negotiation and and policy. I mean, Wein, um, Weinberger, right, was an was a pro at this back in what was it the early Reagan administration, like kind of the the negotiating and things like that um but so but yeah I, I i i think that's where we need to go i don't know who takes the ball and runs with it because and we saw this with covid right the states and the fed fighting the states and the states fighting the states in wisconsin all 72 counties kind of turned against each other uh, overruled the governor so 
I, I, it's, it's hard. I, I'll say this: the the mayor of Madison did a phenomenal job with a press conference and had different members of the community with her. Um, the police chief did an awesome job in a press conference talking about here's the type of things we use, describing them, all this. We don't want to use these things, but here's how this is. And I mean, they they really did a great job. And if they continue to do that, um, I, I think that's positive. I, I, I Now, the thing is, like, how do we how do we identify? So in, in Madison, there was a protest, a large protest protest today, which was peaceful around noon. Um, and then in the evening, the secondary protest started, and that was the one that turned into rioting, looting, burning police cars. Yeah, same I, in Seattle, exact same thing. So so is it different people who's doing this? Because there was the, the one that was bigger, substantially bigger, was peaceful. No, mm-hmm. no arrests, people, you know, and and so well, yeah, you know, you have the, all the virtual signaling soccer moms who are earning too much money have to come out and, and do that. And then, uh, you know, when the sun oh, goes God, down. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me fucking started. That, that was the whole subject of today's show before everything got interrupted. By the way, Nick, check your. Uh, oh, geez. Now he's gone. I'll, I'll wait till he gets back. No, that was the whole thing. You know, we're, we're looking at all these people. They have no job. They have nothing else better going on. Why not go out and ride? Why not go out and protest? It's still yeah, nice. But every day people don't go out and ride protest, you know. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, there's an inherent risk to it. And I don't, I think people, you know, they want their communities. I mean, they want to have their cub foods and their post office and they want these things. Um, you know, nobody wants to actually, you know, live in a community that is significant. I mean, just like when COVID, was hit here, we had the announcement permanent closure of this restaurant or this small engines place or whatever. And we're thinking, ah, we're losing some of the, the vibrant aspects that make our community, you know, a, a great place to live. And I don't think anybody, you know, wants to see this, this contributing of this divisive community and people burning down their community. But, um, well, David, that's, that's the problem though, is there are people that want to see that for their, you know, you're right. As as a collective, most people don't, but there are people that want to see exactly that, and that's what's happening right now. So, why do you think that is? I mean, disen- disenfranchised or no, 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 no. I don't believe again. That. Leave me out of this. <laughs> no, well, um, this might be a topic that I I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't feel comfortable discussing on your channel on on air, but we could talk about it privately. Sure. And, and you could edit it and, and put it in your next book. <laughs> sure. How's that? Yeah. So I've said too much about my location and who I am to, to really go into that right now. If that, if that's cool with everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. No one here is going to out you out. <laughs> okay, brother. Thanks, man. At least I hope not. Okay. <laughs> wow. So say, so keep your, keep your head. I mean, face validity is a big thing. We talked about it during the COVID shows. Um, what we're doing, talking to people, because while this seems like this is happening everywhere, it's it's happening, you know, in larger, for the most part, urban, you know, mm-hmm. communities, and not the all places urban. that deserve it, basically. Uh, but but you maybe know, not my, all of them, but quite a few. In my community, it isn't happening. You know, if if I go outside, you know, this isn't this isn't happening, and um, so that's the first thing is is face validity. 
because it's too easy to say, this is what I heard, right? I heard this versus this is what I observed. And if you authentically can't observe it, and it doesn't make sense to like drive to where something is a known, you know, hot zone of activity to observe it. If you can find people in that area who are authentically posting information, like Juan in San Francisco, you can base your information off of them as trusted member checks. But um, to, to really avoid this this mentality of, of soaking in the news and just saying, I think because of the narrative you're being told. If I listen to people and they say, I observed, and then followed up with, and here's what, here, now I think because of what I observed, I think this. Like I observed that our Walmart has, you know, now five feet apart and they have this fence and people have to wear masks and they have one-way aisles. So I think, you know, whatever, you know, they, they could be, you know, changing up their store hours, you know, maybe next or some parking. I mean, people can kind of observe and then come to what they think will be the next step versus this whole thing of, of you know, what they, because I mean, there's so many people tonight, you know, the Drudge Report, these others, I, this isn't my source of information, but I just like to, to go to these locations because I know that's where people are going for information. You know, people, all right, we're going to be on the cusp of, uh, you know, martial law and, and the White House, you know, will be overrun and all these things. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, the White House will not be overrun. Okay, right. that's that's not going to happen. Um, now, they already tried. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and, and, but look, the White House is not going to be overrun. Look, there will there there. Doc, you raised some like really legitimate concerns because you're talking about let's say um, power stations and like that because that could have because think about like what, what what would that mean to hospitals, nursing homes, uh, people who you know need uh, you know electricity literally to, literally to breathe. Right. You know, if, if you're talking about things like that. And uh, ultimately, my argument is that in the at least in the intermediate term, this will work against uh, the people that have done this. It'll totally turn public opinion against them because for the most part, people like their comfortable living. They like all this amenities that we have in yes. modern society. Now, once you've interfered with that, Absolutely. they like being they like being able to call up and order something from Amazon, whether it be a pizza or a DVD player. Yeah. And you take that away from them, they're going to look for they're going to look for someone to blame, and you know it's going to hard to blame Trump, saying Trump's not the person why I can't get a DVD player. So that's yeah, my you know, no, I, I yeah, and and think about you know like San Francisco, right? The targets are shutting down, you know, and, and some of those things, and if grocery stores further limit, yeah, people are going to be like enough of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like get your get. You know, we, we have to, to get our house. Give me a second. I'm R2D tooling as well. Yeah. Hey, Doc, did you check check your email? I just sent you the pictures okay. Bacon wanted me to send so, you. So the question, um, so yeah, it's staying rational. It's the member check. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, um, yeah, I guess, keeping your own house in order and not introducing yourself into unstable situations <laughs> as these people bringing their kids into something or saying, you know, well, there, there's, you know, there's something happening in Seattle right now. So I'm, I'm going to show up and you know, observe it. So many well, people do that so they can, someone was in Madison, I think someone was filming a music video out in front of the riots, literally like 60 feet away, they had a couple cameras and they had the music going and they were doing it with the riot in the background or the protest, whatever. So these people are just, um, 
this this weird filter system but yeah i i i think people will get fed up with it i think things will 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 just wear out like people will just fatigue from you know going and doing this night after night um and, and public relations that's got to be right now the the priority for these big cities minneapolis you know houston seattle uh, portland dallas no i i totally agree at the same time, I just want to add this, like, uh, and I, I don't want to like put this all, you know, huge onus on you, but there is some truth to it, Doc. People like you are looked to as experts on this because you have studied that. So there are people that are going to look to you and people like you uh, for leadership on this. So one thing that we do need at a time like this is good leadership, not just leadership, but good leadership, intelligent, rational leadership. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go to the. There's. I think there's one more picture. Notice what the reporter isn't wearing. You might have to zoom in on that one. What is she not wearing? A mask. And then yeah. she's holding, holding the microphone. You speak oh. where, where was this taken at? Um, I think Bacon himself took it. Bacon. Something okay. about so I want to go back to what John, uh, what, what what John said is. Yeah, you're you're right, John, and, and I appreciate that because I I need to to. Uh, hold myself to that standard, and it is easy to also. Dunning Kruger hits everybody, right? I've I've been hit up with Dunning Kruger. Right. Dunning Kruger effect is when you overestimate also your Ability. your abilities in a situation. You know, you think I'm going to be able to handle this, or or you just get sucked into confirmation bias, and you don't really see other sides of a narrative. You see the part of the narrative you want, um, and. So, so that was when I jumped in tonight on Twitter and started to objectively point out the, the, the danger and how the media was putting their own reporters into the midst of a very unstable situation. Uh, I, I was trying to bring a voice of, I think, reason, intelligence to this conversation. And then the guy booted off of Twitter because of it. But I think, um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. People, I just keep re so somebody approached me during COVID, right? The stock market drops down to eighteen thousand, and there, it's, it's somebody I worked with uh, years from, from twenty nine to eighteen. It was right. a big drop. That was a big dump. <laughs> and they 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 got a hold of me, and they're just like panicked. They just retired and said, you know, what do I do? And I said, well, I'm not a financial guy, but you know, should should we sell everything and everything? But I pulled them back, and I said, well, the the thing is like. It, it has fallen back to the level it was, and I calculated out like three years ago or four years ago. So I said, it's it's retraced to four years. It hasn't retraced to 1929 or whatever, but um, there is inherent value in everything. You know, every business, everything has some value to it. Um, and, and if you add dividends, your dividends are kind of like wearing your share price down, making it more valuable. So I said, there's all these things to kind of think about. And in the past, things have kind of rebounded but I'm not telling you what to do, but take take some time to take all of this in instead of hitting the sell button um, right now because you're you're just dealing off panic. They, they actually were willing to scan all of their financial documents and send them to me to look at and tell them what to do. Right. And I and I said, no. And I also just said, you're a rational person, but in this, this you're, you're you're making irrational decisions off of what you're seeing in the media, what's actually showing up on the numbers on your screen. Mm -hmm. And, and you've got to remove yourself from that because when you're irrational, you, that's not a good time to make decisions. You have to be informed on decisions. So that's, 
That's the thing. Taking a pause. Bacon's back. He's trying to get our attention in the chat. Okay. I don't know what the hell happened. I think it was because I was Bluetoothing the the images you just put up there, but I'm back on. You know what I think happened, Bacon? I think it could take a while, I guess. No, I think everybody is switching the problems they usually have. I usually have. (laughs) (laughs) So my issues went to Bacon. Um, Bacon usually has trouble getting, you know, gets banned from stuff. That jumped to Doc. (laughs) No, but but what Doc was saying was was right on. Is do not do not surrender rationality. Uh, Do not let emotions uh, hijack your brain. Okay. Don't look for someone else or something else to make your decisions. For yeah, you. don't surrender your autonomy. How about right. that? Right. Right. And That's the problem here. See, Safety Doc is going to take care of his and his and whatever is under his control. Nick Shoelander is going to take care of what's under his control. Me and John Still, we damn sure are going to take care of what's under our control. <laughs> what are the people here doing uh, in response? You know, aside from Stealing all the air air tops or whatever the hell uh, they're getting from Nike and AutoZone or whatever—that's the problem there. <laughs> you know, everybody else is looking for everyone else to solve the problem for them. We're the only ones, you know, doing this damn live stream here amongst other people who are listening. Bull Rush uh, being part of that, we're the ones actually taking agency of our own li- of our own actions and our own existence. How many other people have been bred? you know, let alone taught in public schools or otherwise, to look for other people to look for solutions for their own livelihoods. I mean, think about that for a second. And more, the only reason a lot of this shit's happening anyway. Yeah. More importantly, people like us who are autonomous, where did we learn that from? Because I can guarantee you Here. in the eight <laughs> twelve education system. It wasn't through. Well, you know, I got, I got, a, well, I, I got an answer. I went to Catholic school. So maybe that's where I learned it. You know, when oh. I was got no, the reason I became yeah. autonomous, I was running away from priests. So I had to learn good places to hide. Probably no literally. One, <laughs> no one, no one taught me, you know, how to do it. I had to figure it out on my own. So that that's that's where it came from. I'm teasing and all yeah. I was all the Catholics listening, I'm sorry. I just yeah. I mean had to okay. yeah. So, some so, you people know, say it's like, oh, just do pi- just do public school or private school. It's like not the auction auction people. The same cloth, dude. So when you guys, when you guys talk about this, so there is something though that we're kind of overlooking. So think about the hurricanes, um, like Harvey and Katrina, not Katrina, Katrina, but like recent ones, like Harvey, a couple of years ago. So Hurricane Harvey, um, you know, Louisiana, Texas, Florida, significantly impacted, and then you did have a strong civilian response in the form of Cajun Navy relief, Texas Navy relief. Variants of Cajun Navy. These are 5013C or C3s or whatever. But um, I wrote about that in the book. I had a couple interviews. One was Katie Pashan, and one was a rescue group uh, that went and helped out in the Bahamas after um, the hurricane there last year. So these are substantial grassroots organizations which just tap on, you know, people, okay, you're a dentist, you're a plumber, you're whatever, and they all come together. So there is that good that's there and it happens right now. Like that is, that is, that network is right there. The thing is like, so I think those types of things can come in and communities can, can rebuild, can be, can can repair that fabric. This is, I mean, this is tougher because 
um, right when you come in with the Cajun Navy relief, the you're coming in either before the hurricane hits and you're getting people out because flooding happens before a hurricane hits, or it's after the hurricane hits and you're getting a boat in to get people off of the roof or something like that. You're talking about the law of immediacy. Yeah. And uh, I just made that phrase up, by the way, guys. Uh, no, but it's true. Sounds there's good to a, me. No, there was a certain. I think that's what you were going with this, Doc. Is there's something about when it's like when it's immediate that uh, as far as like getting people out and stuff like that. But you're you're thinking about like what is this going to be like? This is a prolonged kind of but, social decay kind of thing that's going. It is, but hurricane. Okay, but like Cajun Navy relief, they'll stay with people and they'll be there a month or two later, they'll come back and help them rip out drywall, which had rotted because of the flood, put in new drywall. So it's not really this, like, we're going to be there for a week and then we're gone. It's a multi-month commitment by these grassroots organizations. And like on the, on the blog post where I had Katie Pashan on, I don't know, safetyphd.com, you can find them. There were several pictures she showed where it's like here, you know, we're back three months later, we're helping, you know, the, get this, get this house rebuilt, get this, get this. And this is on a large scale. Like there's thousands of people that they're helping. So, so I do think these things are there and things will get, re- I mean, all the physical stuff, right? All the buildings can be repaired. And John, you made a good point. I mean, we can repair a target and the Cub Foods and AutoZone and all of those things. If officers tried to keep that third precinct in Min- Minneapolis, which was already you know, pretty much destroyed. If that would have been their, we're not going to break point and they end up killing, you know, 15 mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. that whole town, the whole country is, is gone. Yes. And, and what they've demonstrated in, in trying to maintain first amendment expression, trying to, to maintain safe protesting, I think has been admirable. Uh, so you're right. I think that message is, is getting conveyed in this. I shared them when the Madison police chief was on TV he was really articulate and really in tune, um, you know, to what their role was as a police department, what what they were hopefully going to do to let, not let, but preserve the right for people to express their First Amendment rights, but then also keep their community safe. And um, so, so yeah, I, th- I, I think there's a lot of, uh, these things can be mended. Um, and as long as we don't have some huge sentinel event um, happen, I think that that will happen. And it, it, I'd like to, this, this, I, this is where we need the people to, our politicians to, to really come out and show their ability for public relations on a long-term <laughs> scale, right? Yeah, but that's a, that's that big X factor though, isn't it, Dave? Like, uh, you know, because did you, I mean, I, I got to check out for 10 seconds, but I really don't believe I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know if the Democrats know whether it should have go sailing right now. I'm not. I'm not sure how they can spin this in in a good way, because I mean, there's no way they can really sell this as uh, you know, uh, a bunch of MAGA hat supporters burnt down all these cities. I don't think right. anyone's going to buy that. Quite so uh, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I don't know. I do believe that one of the lasting, uh, at least intermediate to long-term lasting events about it is people going to kind of give up on the cities. Like if you, the, the corporation target, are they going to rebuild in Minneapolis? No, I, why? You're right. You're right. You know. I thought about that. I mean, they already had deserts, service deserts, right? We, yeah. we know a lot of these communities have food deserts, uh, stores, retail, won't yeah, there's no grocery stores in these areas. Yeah. So, so yeah. What is, what is your motive to, 
to rebuild in these areas or these small businesses yeah. which are already stressed. So you do, do you create these these more enhanced uh, deserts? And and those just happen normally from poverty. Like those those happen all across. I mean, I've studied those. Um, you know, from a school safety standpoint, <laughs> I think it was the city of Pittsburgh increased their their lockdown drills just because certain communities were having more lockdown situations in residential areas or proximal to the school. So, um, so yeah, th this is the thing of, I mean, who's going to make these investments and we're already stressed with, with what COVID has done and everything. Um, and then it's, I, I'm trying to piece together uh, the end game in this, like how we, how we come out of, how we come out of this. Like I'm trying to look to where the light bends on the horizon. Cause I think in COVID you could kind of see where it was starting to come back online and things would have got a pretty regular routine, a Taurus that we're used to, but, but now. And then this happens. This, this happens. And this, and this stuff tells into my it's point here. It's a vector. No, well, this does this one to my, and I put it in the chat here. It's, you know, you assume that this assumes, and sorry to pile on extra problems here uh, before we uh, suggest solutions, but this assumes that we have, you know, skin in the game in whatever region we're in, whether it's Seattle, like where uh, John Steele lives, um, whether it's in Minneapolis, where Aaron Clary is, whether it's in Wisconsin, where uh, you're close by or you're in, you know. In order for like the the example you gave with the Cajun Navy and uh, you know just to throw this in there uh, when Sully crashed the plane in the Hudson Bay and we had all these boats come out and rescue people these people first of all not, not only was that an act uh, an acute situation these people have to ask into the game they care about the areas they lived in I don't think that's really the case here do you think if people really care about urban outfitters or Old Navy they will be burning them down here in Seattle. Do you think if people in Atlanta really cared about the CNN HQ, they'd be burning that down, let alone the autos and God knows whatever else is nearby? That would not be happening. Again, maybe that's a small enclave of the population that was just looking for a reason to get out and steal Nike shoes and, you know, torque ranges or God knows whatever else. But these people will not be burning down their own neighborhoods if they had, if they had skin in the neighborhoods that they currently lived in. They don't care. I don't. That's just my thought. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think about about that? Um, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with anyone right now. It, it's it's so fluid. I, I, I I'm to be honest, I'm still uh, mentally and psychologically digesting uh, what I've been viewing. You, I think we all are. So here's something um, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up on a side screen, but so I'm, I'm writing a book, a second book, and it's titled the velocity of information and face validity. Oh, I got to read another one of your books. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. One, more, more homework assignments. This one will be good. Oh, this okay. one will be good. No, I loved your book. Brother. I loved, not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I did. I read, I did I, no, I, I appreciate I know you guys. Yeah. So, so the thing is though, the velocity of information um, and this is this is pretty well studied in a lot of areas, but not really compiled for the typical person to understand. So, so basically, when when something happens, whether it be a nine eleven uh, 
when it's um, when you know the NBA is shut down in the middle of, of May, March or March fifteenth, uh, Disney closes. This, this rapid, rapid news. It takes about seventy-two hours for people to digest what's happening, and then also to figure Ooh. out. Okay, here's my authentic sources, and um, here are my and here's here's my face validity. Right. So when I did a show during. Um, on the podcast here, I did a face validity show right when everything was going down with uh, the coronavirus. So like right around March 15th, I went out, um, I went out with the camcorder to our hospital and saw the parking lot, saw the signs, didn't see cars like, you know, pulling up for the respiratory care clinic. I went to the armory, was seeing what was happening at the armory because people were saying, right, they're staging at the armory. They're bringing in like big choppers and unloading stuff. I'm like, holy God, this I'd never seen this before. No, it wasn't, it wasn't happening at all. It was just like two vehicles in the parking lot and nothing. I, I went to all of these places. Yeah, some things had changed, like the basketball court, it was all taped off. You couldn't go there. Um there, there were a number of things. Oh my God. Oh my God. You said that they take off the basketball. Oh God. I need as much practice as I can get. That's but, this, Isn't that in the book of revelation? I'll bet like, they're off now. Yeah, the lion's sitting <laughs> down with the lamb and they close out the basketball court. That's, that's one of that's the, hor- the horseman is riding on a basketball. Yeah, court. That, that, that's and the fifth. That's the fifth horseman. Yeah. Don't, yeah. you know, but so, so I did, and I went to Walmart, I went to my bank, right? So the bank had shut down the lobby, but still had drive through and I, the video was out there. And then I, I, I showed these clips and said, here's what's different. Here's what's not different. Uh, and then I took a few more, like a few days later, actually guys, I did 13 videos that I'd never shared publicly, but I have them privately spaced five days apart, starting on March 15th. Of I'm going to so make you give those to me. So uh, <laughs> I want to see this too. I won't share them, but I'm yeah. gonna make you give them. Not that it, but but no. what I did is I knew we were in the midst of something, and I wanted to be able to compare one point in time to another to another because all everything is laminated to time and context, right? Like you can't look at someone and say, you know, what you what you're doing is breaking the law, and they're like, well, when I did it five years ago, it wasn't illegal to you know, smoke in a lobby or something like that. That law was passed last week. And now you're trying to charge me for five years ago because I did this and there wasn't a law. So anyway, I'm looking and saying, well, how did my thinking change? What changed? What did I see that objectively changed? And that's the part that I, I, I'm really telling more and more people this, face validity and don't outsource your face validity, right? Don't outsource it to the news because the news has to get a 90-second clip. They have to move on. It has to be this thing. There's a bias. People own the news. Um, or if you do have the news, like triangulate it with people that you know and you tr- you trust are giving you authentic information. The other part is to be a good member check. I, I've i gone to people and I've said, listen, I've known you a long time. And, and one person was a relative. And I'm like, you're irrational right now. What you're telling me isn't authentically happening. And I know you believe it's happening because maybe you've seen an article or it's just confirmation bias. You're, you're really anxious. There's a lot of adrenaline. Someone was telling me all the borders to Wisconsin were closed, like that martial law had been put in place. And I said, that's not accurate. I know for a fact that is not accurate. And it's, it's difficult. You have to member check with people you're, you're close with people who trust you, I guess, as a public figure too, if I'm saying, no, this isn't, this isn't authentically how this is playing out. Um, and then you have to give people a way out on that too. You have to not embarrass them, right? Um, 
because someone you have to you just have to say this is a very charged time information this velocity of information the 72 hours maybe a little bit longer you can actually push it out um you know to to you know 96 hours i have i have these different time frames but things become much clearer after 72 hours because you take all of the information that gets dumped on you and you start to figure out what how to categorize it right we ca- we pattern we're pattern human beings we put p- things into patterns yeah pattern recognition is and can, I, can i share an anecdote about what yeah. you're saying about 20 years ago there was an earthquake in seattle and it, it was minor it really was because i i was living here but uh it was unusual seattle if they got earthquakes they were like the tremors like did you feel that i'm not sure did you feel that maybe you know those kind of things and anyway, there was an earthquake here that everybody felt you know and there was some damage i remember it happened and, it, you know, the building shook, but it didn't fall down or anything. Anyway, there was all sorts of, you know, news coverage. And they went to this, I swear to God, every news uh, source there was, they went to this one brick building. And, you know, the thing about brick buildings is they don't have any give in them, right? right. So they all, they all, you know, and all the bricks fell down. They all filmed from that one spot. And they showed this one building where it was literally, you know, half of it was gone. And it was, it was older than dust, this building. And they all filmed that. I had everybody calling me up from New York, where I'm from. Say, are you okay? Are you right. still alive? Are you okay? I was like, what are you talking about? It was an earthquake there. The city <laughs> is in rubble. I was like, what are you talking about? It was like, I saw it. In... It's like, dude, it was nothing. And it's exactly what you were saying. It's, you know, the, the, the news has this objective. And, but as time goes on, they realize, no, the city is still standing. I mean, the, the, the lights didn't even flicker. It was not, not, not that big of a deal. And that's, you know, I think that anecdote is on point to what you were saying. By the way, uh, speaking of which, uh, remember the crane that fell off of, uh, off of uh, Mercer Avenue? The, the what? Who fell? Say that again? The last part. There was this crane that was in South Lake Union and it fell across a major thoroughfare where like four people died, but like everybody uh, jumped on that. Yeah, they... they they just, you know, hype it up. And, and, you know, the media does this because, you know, let's say the more, more eyeballs they have, the more advertising they can sell. And the, right. the whole, you know, that, that's, that's if what it bleeds. Was. It leads. If it bleeds, it leads. That's right. If it bleeds, it leads. And, and what, yeah, so what's we, leading more than this? <laughs> so, so guys, I also did a podcast, a solo a couple of weeks ago, and it was cognitive offloading. So cognitive offloading is a term. It means instead of, um, Having to remember, for example, a phone number, you just have to remember to go to the phone book and know how to look up a number. And another good example is like an AED, uh, a defibrillator device. You just have to know how to where it is. And if you open it up, like I've done this, um, it'll tell you, you know, here's the first thing to do, do this. And then there's a little screen. So the thing is cognitive offloading, um, 30% of the people, 30% of people now they immediately go to the internet for information without trying to process anything first. It's outsourced, right? They're not trying to solve any of this, trying to do face validity. So this is something we just have to bring awareness to. In that podcast, I did that. I I talked extensively, wrote a blog post about it, maybe, again, two, three weeks ago. And that's a thing, I think, as someone who's a safety expert, like my body of work, I've done 137 episodes. Each one of them, I do a 600-word blog post. If you read these, uh, you're going to be safer, right? You're just going to have better agency and purpose. You're going to situational awareness, know your environment. And that's something, too, is we, as you take this and you go out and you interface with people, if you're like, yeah, if you just tell people things, 
get your network of people that can give can be a member check. Tell you what authentically is happening. Use the word I observed. Understand. Okay, so this is from this is my part of my outline for a book. Um, the velocity of information. I'm not going to show all of it here, but um, here's here's a few things though that I've started to rough out in the book. So the velocity of information. Um, let me just get it a little blurred check here. So, so yeah, so what happens is, and this is, what, I think what we have to really understand right now, let me see in the private, oh, this is good. Okay. Um, no, we got it. We can see it. Yeah. Okay. I can see it just fine. Okay. So, so I have the velocity of information. So you get the first news, right? Everything is breaking. People are just giving you what they have. This is often only a fractional accurate. And then it gets corrected later on. Like, you know, there was a shooting. Here's how many people were injured or killed. Like, those are all guesses, like, it, at the start until it's confirmed or an earthquake and the damage and whatever it could be. The, you know, the, the uh, a riot, what's burning, you know, there are, th this all gets clarified objectively as time goes on. Like, we can count the number of whatever. We can quantify it. So people, where do they go? They go to the blue checks or the, the, the people on Twitter, Aaron Clary has a blue check, right? But you go to the blue <laughs> go to Aaron Clary. He, 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 I automatically he, don't believe We him always now. go to Aaron Clary to find out everything. Anyway, sorry, it, 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 No, it's funny. He's, he's doing like 10 podcasts a day now. I can't keep, I can't keep up with him. It's like fractional currency. He's just like splitting down. Yeah. But so blue, blue checks. So people go to who they think. In, in a lot of people, they're blue checks. It's their local news or it's a CNN or ABC or whatever. But it's mm -hmm. it's this is where they're going. And then they're also going to family or friends. But a lot of those family or friends are also just getting information from the blue checks. Getting So they're just rehashing. Why are this from ABC? Circle, what, is there a term for that where they're all feeding on their own? Yeah, they're area. kind of. I, I don't know. I, I have to go back. I mean, I've got ancillary documents which attach to this. It actually... When you go back to um, 19, uh, God, was it 38 War of the Worlds and Orson Welles? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, aliens are evading here, you know, and that's what the media is putting out. It's not until you see the flying saucers outside your front window, you know, well, or you have family or friend that right. said something that said such. You and know? part of it, Bacon, was, so yeah, people were calling each other and saying like, hey, like, is this happening? Like where you're at, you know, phones back. murder hornets outside uh, my front window. <laughs> but, but the amazing thing is a lot of people were just saying yes. Like in a, um, a, Fascinating. a, a psychologist um, at a university. Oh, God. Um, okay. Um, let me just, War of the Worlds. Psych actually, I'm actually looking forward to reading this book. Psychologist, hang on, I'll be right back. I'm not sure what's making noise in the background. Yeah. Okay. So, so this was Princeton, Princeton um, University, um, in the Department of Psychology. There was there was a professor and Hadley Cantrell Hadley was his name, or Hadley Cantrell. That's his first name, Hadley Cantrell. Okay. So, what he did is he went out with a team of students who are like grad students, okay? So what they're doing is um, they're interviewing people. And this is really pertinent right now. Again, if you're listening to this, take this information, share this out with people, share these kinds of things because it helps people understand what face validity is and also confirmation I'm back. tied up. Okay, so, so, so Hadley um, Cantrell, 
who, who's this uh, professor of like psychology at, at Princeton and this kind of team, uh, you know, students, they're going out and they're interviewing people just asking, what did you, what happened last night? What did you, what did you see? Tell me what happened. And they're telling them, yeah, there, what the, the, we saw this, you know, multi-legged, um, you know, alien craft. It was walking across the fields and farmers would take them to the spot and show them where the imprints were. And not only farmers, though, police officers said they were tracking this. Num uh, people who... Um, Radar signatures. You know, what? so it's not that it was a lack of intelligence, right? It wasn't that someone, um, you know, was completely bamboozled by this. This this had a psychological impact of people wanted to believe this. And I think that's, that's right now where... What we're hearing is the whole country is burning. We're hearing everything is falling apart everywhere. And a lot of that's not accurate. That's just authentically not accurate. We know that. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. And we, we no, also, it's only the places that are that really deserve. I mean, it's the major cities. It's where, you know, you have it's, it's the blue places that are burning, you yeah. know, and not just those, you know, Salt Lake City's burning. Even major cities are burning at once. Not like everything's burning. Right. Not everything, no. And authentically, you know, we can quantify what actually is happening in these communities, right? Like we, we can actually look at on Google, like here's the actual area that was impacted, which is maybe, you know, 1% of Minneapolis by by geographic space or something like that. So we, we can start to clarify things and, and start to bring, we can, we can ground ourselves back to reality. So this was something though, again, after, um, uh, after war of the worlds, like so many people just were convinced because they just had heard this, this information They had called each other. And then they started to, to reinforce their positions because I mean, so if I call you and I say, Hey, like this flying saucer, like that's over, the U.S. I heard it was in Seattle. What you don't see it? Like, I mean, I, I kind of make it like you're uninformed because how can you not see it when everybody else has seen it? So there's pressure to go along with it. But this is where you have to stand up to people and and say, authentically, I don't, I, I haven't observed this. My information, and, I have a different and, set of information. That's a good term to use. I use that with people. I say I have a different set of information apparently than you do. Um, I, so tell me what you have. I can share what I have, but my information doesn't lead me to the conclusion that you have. And that way you can preserve that relationship with people, not make them feel stupid and stuff like this. Because I think, you know, if you well, you're not, you're not telling you're them not, that they're wrong. You're not saying you are right? wrong. You say, I, I'm, I'm informed by a different set of information. I've used that a lot with people to, to just say, I think I, I have different information that you don't have like it's it's come to me or i i found a reason so let me share that yeah because that that helps the dialogue out again i'm talking relatives friends you know um i do a lot of media you know interviews at least i did until apparently I got, <laughs> I got I I Twitter. so so let me let me just touch <laughs> yeah I, so I'm still on LinkedIn though it'll take there nothing can get me off of that but uh so, just waste five minutes yeah Remember, so, Doc, you have bacon <laughs> for the night. So, so we're screwed so, now. 
we go through, <laughs> we have this initial 24 hours, uh, you know, where anything goes because so much information is being pumped out there. People are just trying to get their foot in the door of getting information out there. So they seem like they know something. So this is where people stumble through the teleprompters. I saw that today. I saw that today on the Madison news, on other news of people trying to understand this. Um, and also at the coronavirus, I saw that I mentioned it in podcasts. People really struggle with the teleprompter, the information, the pace as they process things. That will settle down. Um, the, a part of that is there's new terminology. Do we use riders? Do we use protests? Do we use agitators? What are we using? How do we mix all of this in? Uh, what's authentic? What's not? Um, White so, Hispanic? And, and, what? Oh, and yeah, that, I was, remember they, they invented the new phrase white Hispanic for yeah. uh, George Zimmerman. I was like, that was a oh, brilliant God. thing. Do you remember right. that? No, I no, never, no. I'd never heard that phrase before in my life. I was like, no, what? John, John, you're right on because Bacon and I did a show and Bacon shared 15 new terms because of the coronavirus, you know, social distancing, quarantine, six feet apart and 95, all terms that we didn't use two mm. months, three months ago, and now they're part of our vernacular. I did a blog post and Bacon had shared We're all in this together. Like 15, but, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a rallying call, but nobody used social distancing, right? That wasn't a term in, in, wasn't our, in the nomenclature. Yeah. Right, right. So, so we go here and the other part that we're going to see is that the media stories lose synchro synchronization with events. You'll start to see stuff like this tomorrow. You'll see like an ad for some activity that's going on you know, like at a Target and the target's closed, or something that's some something is happening on State Street, Madison, and State Street are closed. So you will see these things happen. Like th this was happening during coronavirus. I was documenting all this. This will be in the book too. Of like, you know, they're saying, okay, you know, like Friday night fish fry, whatever. But you know, the day before this commercial aired, the governor had closed everything down, all the restaurants. So it takes about. Two, three days for all this stuff to synchronize again. So the media is completely out of sync right now. And here's another thing. And this process is called scrubbing. So it's a lack of scrubbing. Mm. And scrubbing is basically where it, you would say, um, yeah, imagine the coronavirus. The governor shuts down all restaurants. And so you have to tell someone, hey, we have all these commercials set to run for restaurants and, you know, the, these public events. They're not happening. You have to take them out of the queue so they don't play. And that wasn't happening. That was very incomplete. So it's you're not gonna... happening now. I could tell you that. So this is a sign of the, the velocity of information. You know you're in the velocity of information, the vortex, when there is a lack of scrubbing. Because scrubbing will catch up. Like businesses will call and they'll say, don't put this on. Like we're told, <laughs> we don't want people coming down here. Um, so this is these are all good indicators for people to 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 look at and say, oh yeah, okay, I see what Dave's talking about here. This lack of scrubbing, this 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 syn synchronicity is, is out, but it'll come back, and when and they'll also realize when it comes back, and then that moves them out of velocity of information. And it starts to restore this torus. So again, digestion here is about seventy two hours. The torus is what we're used to. We hit chaos and we hit self similarity. We kind of did that with the coronavirus, but um, right now our self similarity has been interrupted again. And and a good way to study this again is kind of Chernobyl. Um, would, if you looked at, oh, oh Dave, you really this is really in depth. You, you said you you're just doing an outline. This looks like you've really. I've got many than, documents that build into this. Yeah, no, this <laughs> looks. So I more can't wait to the, see. You yeah, no, I, I am. I, you know, you don't have. You can send me the. I won't share with anyone. You, I'll proofread that stuff. Uh, but go ahead, please go ahead. 
Oh, no. And then just I mean, Chernobyl. And then there's also here this, I think, John, what you talked about, this is maybe a good way to put it, the psychology of not languishing. Or basically, there's there gets to be a point when people just are not going to pity their situation anymore. Um, the, there's just mm. there's just enough of this. This And, and that's been through history of, of you know, the, the Middle Ages to, to World War II to now is, is we're going to get this point of people just aren't going to languish. They're just going to start to become more solution-oriented or pragmatic. It's like the Blitzkrieg bombing Britain. After a while, the Britons just got out and they started to deliver their mail during the day and, you know, pick up the pieces of their life and then the next, you know, wave. Well, a better example actually was the Germans. That the life never, because what most people don't really realize was that the uh, civilian bombing of Britain was was actually tiny. Uh, the civilian bombing of Germany was ongoing throughout the war. But anyway, please continue. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have my own thoughts on uh, this. I think you're being a little bit too much, too uh, hopeful um, on this. I gotta be hopeful. Um, I'm the safety doc. He's got, he's got, <laughs> he's got children. Fair I got enough. Children. I got a book to sell. No, I'm um, sure. <laughs> remember on uh, Ghostbusters you know, uh, 2? You guys remember that, though? Uh, they, uh, Beckman had some guy on, and he's like, when's the world going to end? And the guy said, like, a month later. And Beckman's like, well, why would you say that? You're not going to be able to do a book tour and publicity stuff. Wouldn't you say, like, two years from now? <laughs> no, go on, guys. Uh, well, just to go back to... Uh... What was the point? You you brought up the whole war of the world, war, war of the worlds, whatever the hell it was called. Keep in mind, this is something I don't know if it was brought up, and maybe you guys can fact check me if I'm incorrect here. Didn't they put out a broadcast hours before they did the whole uh, telenovela thing that this was just a parody, it was a play, it's not to be taken seriously, and people still freaked the hell out? Uh, yes, sort of. That That's half true. They did say that because actually it's based on a novel that was written. Uh, I think it was in nineteen. Excuse me, eighteen ninety eight. Uh, someone want to correct me on that? Um, oh, geez, and, that far back. Huh? You're, yeah, that, you're right. Eighteen ninety eight, and and so it was a modern adaptation of it. And they did say that at the, at the like as a preface to the to the broadcast. And actually, if you listen okay. to the broadcast, because I believe you can find the at least parts of the original broadcast yeah. online. Um, the the time doesn't add up. Like when they're talking about like the army engaging the aliens and stuff like that, it, 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 it it's happening like way too fast. It's like you know when you're watching a movie and it takes place over right. You're watching the movie yeah. Godzilla and it takes place over five days and it's happening in an hour and a half. You know, it's it's or however long Godzilla. You know, whatever. You know, you get my point. So right, anyway, exactly. yeah, yeah. Now anyway, that's no, taking that. That's taken into consideration. This is what people back in these are the silent generation people that later fought in the, you know, one of the biggest wars we've ever had on the planet. Right. Now, what you're talking, you know, maybe eventually, and uh, 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 we'll be hopeful for the purposes of your show and your future selves of your book here. Maybe we will become more solution oriented. Maybe. We will stop worrying about oh Jesus Christ, panic, fear, everybody go burn everything down and steal some uh, Jordan, and maybe some Kobe Bryant shoes or whatever. Keep in mind, we are dealing with, with unprecedented times. We have not had a population. Now, keep in mind, most populations you know you've heard the tales before. Uh, 
Bad times build strong men. Strong men end up creating weak times. You've heard that before, correct? Sure. No, no, no. You, you left to step out. What's that? You left to step out. Oh. No, no. Let, okay. Weak times build strong men. Strong men create weak times. Weak times create weak men. Weak men build bad times. Um, no, on and so forth. Dude, you're getting it wrong. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Man. Help him out. Tell him. Tell, Help him out. All right. Bad times build strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. And then the second okay. again, I think. Right, you, nailed, no. you nailed it. You nailed it. You, you know what I meant. Anyways, <laughs> thank you for clarifying, yeah, Nick. I'm just making as we, We've been in the system for the last 60, 70-something years where we've had pretty much damn near perpetual good times. Random recessions uh, notwithstanding. True. Where you've been feeling generation after generation after generation. And guess what? Coming online, generation of weaker and weaker and weaker people. Now, it may come to a point where, you know, it will get to a point where, you know, people will finally get sick to it. But we've never had a civilization like this until now. So I don't know what's going to come of that. I don't know how far things are going to have to fall, but I have to think that's going to be a factor. If we've had 60 years of just good times and not really having to worry about, I don't know, tilling your fields or hunting caribou or whatever, you know, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> just, my, just my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I guess I don't. I don't know if there's an argument against that. Um, I would say it's just an observation. That's all. <laughs> you know, we we don't know how people rise to you know to the occasion. I mean, for the there's some with the coronavirus. I mean, my neighborhood, a lot of people have put in gardens, like all up and down. You know, a lot of good actually. Uh, you know, manifested. I yeah. Let let's look at. No, exactly. No, David, exactly. Though, like, are you in telecommunication? Yeah, I mean, no, no, exactly. Like, look, look at all the good things that have come to us. And I'm not like, I'm not like this Pollyanna BS. I mean, Dave, you know me. I'm not this not, <laughs> nice guy. Uh, I, I think everybody knows that about me. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I've gotten to like know like people like yourself, like good, decent human beings, decent, well, you know, great fathers good husbands you know you know just doing the right thing caring for other people there are people like you and other good people out there in the world that will rise to the occasion i believe that maybe i'm wrong you know maybe i'm maybe i'm dead. i hope i'm not but i could be. no I i'm know. not i'm not saying you're wrong and i'm not i i didn't say that for that to be just you know what we're all fucked everybody going to your bunker no you are definitely right there is another side of that it it is bringing out a a, a lot of good in quite a few people, even up here in Seattle, you know, believe it or not, you know, you have a uh, business trying to help each other. Um, the men's room, a uh, men's room live.com. They've been putting them in the, their, uh, the, the station they're on up here, KSW, uh, 99.9 FM. Oh yeah. yeah They've yeah, been yeah, putting yeah, together yeah. lists of restaurants. Roll, that are open. Oh Yeah. They've been putting together a list of restaurants that are staying open. They've been putting together a list of people who are hiring in case you're out of work. 
They've been highlighting all kinds of people. You know, they've been doing a whole lot of good stuff here. Restaurants have been doing that for them. Hey, talk about a good uh, side effect of this. My wine uh, shelf that's in my fridge right now because my uh, wine cellar is uh, now turned into summer heat is completely stocked because there's been a fire sale on wines at all the restaurants. The wine I'm drinking right now. Hang on. Nice. Hang on a second. Fantini Sangiovese. I picked this up today when I went to pick up that pizza and meatballs at the local place. Talk about supporting the lo local business. That's what I'm drinking now. They've been doing all kinds of things. You know, they've been helping you know, other people. They're, you know, they're making masks. They're, they have uh, distilleries that are making hand sanitizer. Why they're making hand sanitizer instead of just making booze, I don't know. But, you know, they're doing everything to help. I'm not saying it's completely negative here. I mean, I'm so, just saying this is the, these are the people we're dealing with. Now, there are people who are, there are a lot of businesses up here. There are a lot of people who are doing things that can help. They've been putting out messages of hope. You know, don't give up. You know, we're going to get through this. Hokey as it may be, it is actually helping some people get through this kind of shit. You know? Yeah, right. no, I agree. I just, and, 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 I, and I I feel you because I, I don't like the, the, the BS platitudes. Like, you know, when I hear like the Kardashians or like some billionaire movie star saying we're all in this together while they hide behind their ivory gates towers or something, you know. I just crap. made fun of Kim Kardashian, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, we're all in this. Yeah, my ass. Yeah, you're, you know, <laughs> with your private security and your, you know. We were, no, but there are there are people who are you know so I I don't want to give into this gloom and doom type of thing like don't get me wrong I mean yes adapt to the situation and behave accordingly but like you know don't surrender to despair look if I'm gonna go down I gotta go down exactly fighting. you know that's just me exactly all right no uh, that's not no I'm definitely not saying that I'm do not give if you're listening to this goddamn show. And you give up, you probably, even if you're not listening and you give up, you probably fucking deserve what's coming to you. You fucking fight until you can't anymore. You keep going to get, does it look like I'm giving up? I'm talking to you assholes while drinking wine and eating pizza. Fuck off, I'm giving up. <laughs> no. Nick made it back to his place. He's doing fine. Safety Doc's in his basement doing his show. Yep. John still has uh, run out of beer, but he's got enough bullets. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> right in the middle of it. He's going to be fine. Right. Don't, don't tell the whole world I'm out of birth. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, maybe we spoke too soon. But um, I want to add one more thing to that. Yeah. It's like, especially funny because, Doc, at your core, you're, you talk about school safety. Um, What a lot of people are doing is they're, they're essentially helping their kids with material they're struggling with. And this might suck for those who depend on school funding, but... If what my parents and, you know, my brothers and my cousins are doing is any indication, they're eventually going to realize, hey, I kind of like being able to have more input into what my kid's learning. Right. Like, to give you an example, um, so my brother, he's nine, and his school went to Zoom. It's a private school. And so, un until recently, my mom was under the impression he was doing really good in math because the teacher showed this, like, really complex multiplication thing with common core methodology that he did but they realized like my brother was struggling with the basic multiplication that she should have down he was still kind of fuzzy on what multiplication is but since my mom especially was like since okay well the teacher's not doing anything she took it upon herself like she holds him to a schedule she makes sure he learns the things he does and completes his assignments and as a result 
like she's slowly realizing it's like wow it's i kind of like have knowing what my child's learning right. like you know now i don't have to worry that he's not learning what he should because i'm teaching him what he should learn and wait are are you saying parents are actually starting to enjoy uh, being parents I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. God we actually care about the people we brought into this world? Are you saying that's finally happening? Not quite there yet. I mean, my mom does, but um, that's not the point. The point is, is like, now that because the schools are essentially at home right now, like, parents are, even parents who don't kind of don't care about their kids, they're getting to take a long, hard look at what the lesson plans look like, what the worksheets there look like, and what the child is expect being expected to do. And they're realizing, I could do better than that. And especially people who are in private school, like my little brother, they're thinking, wait a minute, why am I paying all this tuition for that? Mm. So. No, actually, that's probably more profound than even you realize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no kidding. To close it out, you know, my brother was struggling with multiplication. It took him a little while, but, you know, my mom put in a lot of hard work because she still has her job that she's working for remotely on top of it, by the way. Sure. But after like another month, after like a month or two of this, my little brother is pretty much caught up to speed on multiplication. Think about that for a second. Yeah. And one of the things, uh, you know, frankly, was with American education, the school system, is it's kind of like a boat, right? You know, when you first build it, you, you refine it. It's 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 a pretty good vessel, and then at, over time, it, it it has it gets retrofits, barnacles get on it, and and this is the the event that's kind of shaken all of that off, right? All of this ancillary stuff that really didn't need to be a part of of education. Um, you know, I was talking about it in a podcast. Uh, where local district had passed a referendum for an AstroTurf, you know, field with like two people, $80,000 a year salary to maintain this thing. And I'm like, you just don't need this, right? Yeah. You, you, you get so far removed of what really is, is important and critical is, is learning how to, to read, understanding information decoding, and especially right now, validating your sources of information, having, you know, math, coding skills, some of these things versus all of these ancillary things, which somehow became part of education. Um, I have my and, own thoughts on that, but please continue. No, no. But um, before, and I, I want to take this down so somebody doesn't copy this and write the book before I get it out there. Um, but there, there's something, <laughs> you know, it's been up for like an hour. Right, it's, it's, gone, it's already out in like four countries. In three <laughs> yeah, you give out the whole outline. It's in three, it's in three languages already. It's on Kindle now. <laughs> it's, on, it's on protest uh, banners all across half the country <laughs> right now. <laughs> Cascade effect for information. Oh my God, where did that start? So here's here's the deal. So anyway, I was talking about this cascade effect for information. So I want to throw out another term before I take this down because it's really, it's relevant. It's, so TAZ, it's highlighted, temporary autonomous zone. TAZ oh. is basically something which just creates itself. And here's an example. On September 11th, 2001, the attack of the Twin Towers in uh, New York Harbor around Battery Park for about nine hours, 150 boats got together, ferry boats, uh, tugs, you know, leisure boats, whatever. And they rescued five or they transported 500,000 people from Lower Manhattan. So like Battery Park, uh, 
off of the island, like over to New Jersey, other places. And they did that in nine hours. No directions. Just like get a boat, do a rescue. The largest amphibious evacuation in human history. Yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, if you... if you They're not need a government program to do, too, uh, if, just to throw that out there. Right. If you if you if you deconstruct this, it's like, how did this work? Because you had no game plan for this. You you had you had vessels which were not designed to interface with each other. You didn't have gang planks on battery parks. So you had a you had a makeshift, yeah, you know, with with uh, doors and stuff like that. You had to take sheets and put them on the side of boats. Yeah, that was a great video walking. on that one. They they showed them walking. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm Tom Hanks narrated. Yeah, yeah. 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 Boatlift is the video by Rosenstein. It's 11 minutes long on YouTube. Yeah. It's really great. But but you but if you if you deconstruct that, it's like it, how did it happen? Like how you could never design things to be that way. And that's part of also right now is people have to realize there'll be a temporary autonomous zone. Systems do develop. They will develop. You have to kind of go with them, what things will look like, and then it'll settle. It, that that system will kind of fade away. There'll be a, there'll be a TAS which will develop. Um, and we're kind of in that situation right now. I don't know what it is. Nobody in the moment kind of realizes that it just kind of goes away. It, it just, it, systems will develop. Apollo 13, um, Saigon, the frequent wind rescue. Uh, that was back in what? What the hell was it in the the seventies? So in Saigon, frequent wind was um, they they evacuated Americans out of Saigon and and I think like a nationalist and stuff out of Saigon and they got them on the boats and stuff and there was too many helicopters on the boats like I don't know they weren't aircraft carriers but they were boats that also had helicopters on them. Um, littoral combat ships or something like that. Yeah, something like that, or LSTs or whatever. So the they put they end up putting the helicopters in the ocean. Is what they, they did. did. <laughs> so here's the deal, as John said. Um, in the moment, they decided to push these things over into the ocean. What <laughs> happened out of that? And I did a blog post on this because I did a podcast on it too. You can find it. You just type in whatever inside it, it, you'll find it. Again, all free, right? But um, what happened is everybody received a commendation for that. They received a medal for acting, uh, decision-making in the moment. And no one had to be afraid that they were going to be reprimanded for pushing these expensive pieces of equipment over to save lives. And I think that's part of the thinking, too, of what's happening right now. To do the right thing, you have to remind people you're not going to be penalized for doing the right mm-hmm. thing. You can make mm-hmm. decisions. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that looks like exactly as this unfolds, but I, we have to, we have to be very overt with people. We have to just tell them if you do the right thing, you act in your best interest and best interest of others and use some of these scenarios, like actually give this so they can contextualize what you're talking about. So there was this thing in Saigon, they were rescuing the, and the boat was too, too many people were coming on. It was starting to go too low in the water. So they just pushed these, pl- you know, and then they made room and rescued people. People understand that they can relate to that. They understand what a helicopter is a boat, these stories, but see, nobody tells these, like I tell these stories, I write about them. We don't hear about this in school. The media doesn't talk about this. They're not trying to anchor you to points in time of other things to help make sense of what happens now. It's called benchmarking or projected benchmarking to say, well, when this happened. um, So, so again, I, I think I add value to the conversation when I can do that because like you, you know, you, you guys have this down, but then um, people that listen to this and people will contact me from all over the world and they'll just say, Hey, I caught one of your podcasts, listen to a few and I think a little bit differently now, or I frame things differently. I've seen more of your work, read your blog posts, and maybe hopefully it's contagious, right? Hopefully people take that and they exercise those best practices, or at least it makes them think 
differently about things. Am I really, am I seeing things? Am I being sucked into confirmation bias? Is this the velocity of information that's going on right now? You know, the, the, I, I need 72 hours. I know it's, it's uneasy. I, I feel jittery. I feel like I should be doing something. I'm anxious. Okay, that's normal. Dave, you know, talks about it. So, and I mean, I've benefited from so many great people, right? I, but I, I guess you're right, John. It's too. It's like I'm 48. I've lived a lot of life. I've done a lot of stuff, and you know, I I, I need to accept my role in getting information out to people, so you know they they can feel good about what they're doing, and they can have a basis for doing things. Well said, Doc. I got a question, real quick. Uh, just just to build off of that point, uh, Nick. Um, how do I end every show? What do I say at the end of every show? The last thing you say before you cut the stream is be chaos, my friends. Be chaos. Be chaos. I put I I put that in the uh, the chat there, um, but it, it go it is exactly what you said. Once you learn how to deal with chaos, once you learn how to deal with just things, you don't know what the hell is going on, but you have yourself in order, and you can actually figure out things real time. You know really interface people you uh end up being a focal point where everyone else can actually look up to you yeah. what do we do you know yeah. things go to things all things really go to hell you know and then john still's the only goddamn person who has things in order guess who no, everyone no, else no, is going to be right. looking at you know you're right on that bacon and the other part is acknowledging that you are in chaos like that the situation right. has become chaotic and chaotic doesn't necessarily mean it basically means uh your options are simplified uh you know like do the dam broke i can go here i can drown i mean your your options are simplified but here's the thing is a lot of people they don't embrace chaos or they do it too late um, on 9-11 in the Twin Towers, Amanda Ripley interviewed hundreds of survivors, and she was asking what they did once the towers were struck. And it was amazing. Some of these survivors talked about their coworkers who didn't make it out of the building, and they said, yeah, my coworker went back to their desk, and they had to save all of their files because if it wasn't saved, um, you know, that they <laughs> no, that No, that was so true. No, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember that. So it's, no, I, I, it's yeah, a psychology. Sorry, of not acknowledging that you are in chaos. And I, I was in a, a very serious car accident on January 18th of 2019. I, I know the date because it was a date. My book was accepted for publication that morning. And that afternoon I was almost killed in a car accident. And this, the moment my this started to unfold in front of me and I knew I would be a part of it, in an instant I accepted I was entering chaos. A good two, three seconds before my car was, you know, was collided with of many collisions of that event right. and and the fact was psychologically when it was when it was done i was able to locate my phone call 911 and give them a very uh, intelligent lucid you know what had happened and then also what they should dispatch because i was a firefighter i'm like you should dispatch these units whatever and when they came on scene they're like are you the guy that called in and they're like you're really cool for <laughs> I was being killed and you know all, all damaged up and stuff like that and it was it was the f and, and I think it's because of my work obviously in safety right and I was writing the book in chaos theory and I just made that split second decision I'm entering chaos okay I'm now in chaos there were moments I couldn't control you know vehicle spinning around damaged glass everywhere stuff like that and then when it's done systems will develop 
Police started to show up. I inventoried my resources. Okay, am I okay? Can I get out of here? What's happening to people around me? You go through these steps. Um, but again, you have to overtly tell people these things. You have to share these stories with them. They have to listen to this type of podcast. And then something happens to them or right now, you know, if they're in an urban area or some area where this is happening, they start to think through things in a different way. Um, instead of, again, 30% of people default immediately to the media right now for their information and they never it. Um, but I mean, this could be anything though, Bacon, it, it, it could be, you know, what is the capital of Washington? I mean, it's not, it, it could be anything that they're, so it's a really high number. Like it's, if you take it over what people are, um, you know, how many quarts in a gallon or something, I mean, just, just anything, any piece of information. But so basically what you're saying is, you know, just just going back to the situation you were talking about going through the car accident and all that. You embraced the chaos. You saw this coming, at least a little bit. Um, you knew things are going to get crazy, and therefore, accepting all of that, you were able to uh, take command of the situation. You were able to assess the damage. You knew who needed to be called. You knew what the other people needed to do. You took command. Oh, I did. Because you accepted the chaos as part of the situation. Well, can I just say he worked the chaos? Anyone disagree with that? He worked it, worked through yeah. it. I mean, he kept his head basically. Just right. think about all right. A lot of it's common sense too. It's like I mean, you had firefighter training, so you could you could be. I don't know about common, but okay. <laughs> But it, yeah, it, and then you merge with the other people on the scene and what their assets are and what they're able to do and what they have. And you tell people, shut your vehicle off because, you know, it like, could start okay. on fire or you could have gases that are coming inside the vehicle for carbon. So you, these yeah, just people, like, you know, just stay rational. You stay, stay rational. You, but if I was in an accident, you know, I'd accept that. I'd be like, all right, well, I should probably call 911. You know, pretty much just think. If, as long as you're rational, think, okay, what should I probably do? And you'll probably be right. Well, that's the thing, Nick, right? So most of us will make the correct choice. Um, it's tacit knowledge that we have. Uh, our instincts, you know, we rely on our instincts. This was proven with a study with firefighters back in the 70s in uh, Los Angeles. Um, Klein was the researcher. Um, I forget his first name, but anyway, he had a number of um, grad students placed at firehouses and they went out on calls with firefighters back when you could do that. Like when the TV show emergency was on and you could do all this firefighting stuff you could never do today, but oh uh, they're called ride <laughs> and actually they existed up until very recently. Yeah. No. So, so it was a research purpose. And the purpose was that they would examine every time decisions were made by firefighters. Like they, then they would try to figure out what was the antecedent, what led you to that decision. And one that they came up to was when firefighters would be on the roof of a building, what would be the decision process of time to get off the roof? It might collapse. It's not safe anymore. And it, it actually was very complicated. Like they, they would interview firefighters and they would say, so like, do you measure this? Is there some tool you have? And they're like, no. Is there like a call from below from the chief or someone watching this, an engineer who's telling you the building's unstable? Sometimes, but not always. Well, like, how do you know? And they're like, we just know. You, you yeah. just know. Yeah, there's this tacit, there's innate knowledge. Just, and, and they would give them it's stuff. all like, time. Here's word charts. Pick from words. Pick from sounds. Does it sound familiar? They were trying to link anything to it. It was really well done research. But the the conclusion of the, it was funded by the, the military actually to, 
try to transfer into how um, it, soldiers in combat could recognize things and make decisions. But but anyway, Klein did a great job with this. And, and the conclusion was our tacit knowledge of what, you know, our past experiences, how we can apply them to things, our, our instincts, they're really good. And we got to trust them because most of the time they'll be right if you trust your instincts. Um, you know, not all the time, but most of the time. And, and we're told so often, don't trust your instincts, try to, you know, try to overanalyze things, go to all of these steps and things. And, and for these guys, that would have killed them, right? <laughs> if you had to go through like eight steps or whatever to get off of a roof, like you'd have more people dying. Because if it was, it was very rare that anybody died because they fell through a roof. Um, and if they did, it usually was a situation where it was very old. They were taking a very known overt risk. Um, like other parts. Bring up a very good point. So, so there's something in this too that if we have these discussions about part of this, I mean, let's think about it. I mean, most of these people in these big cities, they don't know what chaos looks like. I mean, outside of like a power. They do now. <laughs> but they will have to think about this, and they'll process this, and, and this will. There'll be some similarity which will start to make sense. This velocity of information will make sense after you know 72 hours, uh, 96 hours, whatever. Um, there'll be some things that will be positive out of this. I don't know what those are, but like coronavirus, there were things that came out of that that were positive. I mean, one thing that's coming out, like if I'm licensed, oh. I, I'm I'm licensed in the state of Wisconsin to do different educational things. And now I'm licensed to do those across other states. I don't have to go through all these hoops, which should have been automatic anyway. If I'm licensed to be a superintendent in Wisconsin, why do I have to take different courses to be a superintendent in Washington state? That doesn't make sense. So, so we will see some th aspects of this which will be positive. I don't know what those are, but they will be there of some community how to relations, different ways of people, you know, protesting, communications, ways that things are designed, responses. I mean, who who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe there's some riot that comes up and they they document people. I mean, maybe what if someone comes up with this idea of we want a documentary, so we're going to take writers and have them come over and tell their story, and you have 50 people set up in a secured environment, and they're taking five-minute clips, and they're saying, we're going to put this into a documentary and put – I mean, who knows what's going to happen? People will start spinning these wheels. So I think we've, we've got to realize these things will happen. Just like coronavirus, a hopeless pit. When it March fifteenth and today, yeah. No, no, David. I, I think that's uh, so, sorry to talk over anybody, but no, that, that's very important. I don't want it to be all like this doom and gloom kind of thing. I think it's really important because there are good people out there doing the right thing, and we have to remember that. Now, that's not saying that there is that. that you know, I'm not ignoring all this horrific stuff that has happened tonight and the last. I don't know, was it three nights before that? Right. But at the same time, let, let's you know let's uh, focus on what we can control and let's see how we can make it better. And there, you know, you know, I, I have the privilege of knowing uh, David, I, I'm not, I don't even know how we got to know each other, but uh, you know, I have this great privilege of getting to know you and, and my life is better for it. And I hope, you know, like, uh, likewise. Yeah. Thank you. Same here yeah. with me and all of you guys. It's funny. And uh, to go back to uh, what safe uh, though, you reminded me of this and I'm glad you did. Okay. Um, but talk about some of the positive things that have happened here. Think about the, the whole corona crisis for a second. Think about what's happened ever since that's taken hold of the nation, if not the world. What has been shown as 
non-essential as opposed to actually being essential. Now, apparently me delivering food here, that's apparently considered essential frontline work. Today, damn near quite literally. But, uh, (laughs) you know, guess what? Parents are being allowed to uh, actually go back to raise their children. All this bloatware that you've talked about in school, all that is starting to go away. Yeah, a whole lot of the a lot of the political talking points, the vegans, the environmentalists, a lot of that has been pretty much tampered down. Think about what's been caught out, you know, since then. Yeah, and I just want to add to that. Look what's happening um, in schools. Like I liked your analogy earlier. Like the eight, the education system is like a boat in a. a few different ways. The first thing I thought of is what are the two happiest days of a bone owner's life, right? Dave oh, buys it, Dave sold it. I have owned a <laughs> yeah. boat. I know. And I realized yeah, Dave bought it and they sold it. Dude, I'm there. Happiest days of your life are your first day of school in preschool and then the day you graduate. Right. But, you know, uh, how so, many people here can, can anybody here tell me? Um that they were happier in school than, say, I don't know, summer vacation. Or, I don't know, in my case, you know, like, I went to Inglewood High School, and every, twice a year we would have a bomb threat, and we would get let out, like, at noon. But um, You know, but, and everybody was happy about that. Yeah, but that was just kind of a joke. On a more deeper note, what is another thing that all boat owners complain about, but is very important if you own a boat? It begins with an M. Maintenance, right? Right. Mortgage? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or maintenance, yeah. Well, more, yeah, I was going to say mortgage might and be more, uh, right. mortgage one of the maintenance. Which is kind of maintenance anyway. Probably boat, close like, It's like the biggest thing you'll have to do a lot of with the boat is maintenance. You know, mm-hmm. maintain it and all that. Winterize it, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, boats are cool, <laughs> but they're not going to last if you don't maintain them. Similarly, if parents don't really take a long, hard look at what their children are learning and where they really are in terms of math and stuff, you know, shit goes wrong. And so because, because my little brother's classes on, are on Zoom, my mom and my mom got to take a really long, hard look at what he was learning, realized he was falling behind in math. But because she knows he's falling behind in math, he was able to pretty much bring him up to speed. And so and that's it's really good. You know, that's a positive story. If that makes sense. That's a that's an important thing, you know what? It went from your little brother being put into what was basically daycare into actually seeing what's being taught online. And by the way, that's just being shown what's being taught online, not what's going on in the actual schools themselves. I don't know. You guys ever hear of this thing called bullying? Um <laughs> I don't know if this went out of style, you know, by by the time I went out of school, but it was pretty fucking prevalent uh, when I was there. Sure. bullying is eternal and that's just with the peer-to-peer stuff we're not even talking about the goddamn teachers did right now if you listen to gary deal they cover a lot of times like what the teachers actually do with the children there which you don't normally hear in the media that stuff's not happening anymore because guess who's not the goddamn schools right um and one thing, you know, when Nick was on my my show recently, uh, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, do are we going to have to, you know, build these large office buildings? Um, 
and bring all these people together in these dense areas, uh, you know, just for work, or we'll be working from home more. And it, it obviously it looks like we're going to we're not going to need to build these these big buildings. Right. You're going to be able to work from home. So so that has yeah. these ripple effects on yeah maintenance of those types type of things and in people's time and schedule and congestion. So True, yeah. I so, feel like it's going to be more gradual than I thought when I was on your show, though, because I mean, it's one. It, a lot of it depends. I mean, you know, some companies like built their own office buildings, like it's specifically their building, whereas other companies just kind of like rent office space or a floor. Right. right. So I'm thinking. Not to mention the restaurants that uh, thrive off of these buildings too, Amazon and yeah. South Lake Union. But I'm thinking a building is one of those things where you have to pay to maintain it and, you know, pay rent, whether you use it or not. Like if I left this apartment for two months, I'd have to pay rent for it, whether I was there or not. Right. A building is the same way. And so, you know, right in Pullman, the, there's this engineering firm called Schweitzer engineering labs. They have pretty much their own campus of their own. It's almost as big as Wazoo's campus. The thing is, Oh, no kidding. Yeah. A lot of those engineers could probably work from home unless they're doing manufacturing. So technically, once they're at home, Schweitzer doesn't need to call them back. But then I thought, well, look at it from Schweitzer's perspective. You do not spend however many millions of dollars to build, you know, a giant campus for your employees and just mothball 90% of it because that's just a waste. So I think they're going to slowly call people back. But yeah, they're going to be looking into ways to use the office space anyway. Because that's another thing I didn't really take into account the first time. Because, I mean, you can't exactly, even if you're renting office space, you can't pull out of the lease. So they're more inclined to use it, at least until the lease expires. And this goes back into what I was saying earlier. Go ahead, John. My bad. No, I I was, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dave, didn't you talk about this, about how the tax revenue won't be able to fund? um, Because you you were talking about uh, specifically the schools. Right. uh, But that would apply to uh, municipal infrastructure in general uh, won't be able to uh, support, uh, you know, what's going on, especially now after, you know, because two things are happening, right? Your tax revenue is going down, right? Because I mean, you burn down a store where those people can't work anymore. They can't pay taxes. (laughs) At the same time you have, you know, there has to be infrastructure has to be rebuilt, which requires taxpayer money. So, I mean, how does that circle get squared is kind of, you know, on the local level because there is the federal government just going to come in and write a blank check for everybody. I don't know how that's going to work. Who knows? All bets are off these days. (laughs) Just think about it. Like, you know, in Washington, Inslee, you ever notice, like he says, Oh, we're going to reopen based on science. And you ever notice his science seems to be the exact opposite of whatever Donald Trump just said. No kidding. Yeah. Funny okay. how that works. So, right. But here's, but here's the thing. So, like, Inslee's the kind of person doing that. But, like, you know, five days later, he's also the kind of person that says, the federal government has a responsibility to give us money to help us rebuild. Oh, Jesus. Well, That's- just real quick, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, this goes back into what I was saying. Here's the positive thing that this is revoked. How many people who are now working at home could have just been doing that, like Eric Clary said, 10, 15-something years ago, and I've been saying uh, for the last four or five years, you could have been doing a lot of what 
most people are doing at home instead of commuting down, putting out all these fossil fuel uh, CO2s or whatever that you said are killing the environment in the meantime. No, you, you all could have telecommuted to work. You could have saved two, three, maybe four hours of getting yourself ready to make yourself lunches and then driving to and from work, being pissed off in traffic. You know, well, I mean, and then as, having as, to deal as, with people, as, um, having to deal with HR, you know, possibly dealing with some goddamn sexual harassment lawsuits because you asked the Susie to go file some papers or whatever. Now, all that's now gone. All of it's gone. Most of these people who can't work at home are now working at home. Now, like Nick said, you know, you have this leased office space. You got your terms here. You know, you got to stay there for a year or whatever. So maybe you'll make some other use of it. But you know what? For the first time, I'm actually hopeful this time. Maybe these people will actually allow these people to Twitter said this, you know, you, you know, you people who are working at home, if you work for Twitter, you know, you, you have the option of just working from home from now on. That may happen. That may be a new normal. That may be a positive thing that comes out of this. Yeah. I think it's how gonna... much revenue is that gonna clear up? Yeah. Dave. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. These things will, will come into play. And so I, I guess I'm 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 sitting here with the wheels kind of spinning. I'm trying to figure <laughs> what I think so we see a few different directions. <laughs> if we think about what's happened um it, you know it, in the last few days here. Um, it, I guess now kind of is, is the, the quad, you know, brain trust here. Um, if we, if we look to the horizon, I mean, what are, what are some things that we might anticipate of change? I'm not saying that we're quantifying good change as good or bad, but what, what, mm. what might change because of what's happened? Um, well, let's have a round table. Let's do it. Everybody give their, their two cents like kind of quickly. What, what do you think they're going to be? Uh, I, I want to know what Nick has to say. What, what is his two yeah. cents? Like he, he wants to think like what's going to happen in the next six months to two years? What's going to change? Yes, yeah, so we want the grade school student to go first here. Go for it. <laughs> I want to put him on the spot because I dig his glasses, actually. It's reminding me of that, uh, <laughs> that movie from Sin City, the, the, the kid from Sin City. Uh, what was that movie? You know the movie I'm talking about with uh, uh, Mickey Rourke and uh, uh, I think so. Um, uh, I don't think it more Artemis Fowl, but you know oh, they have Nick, a movie like away. that coming up. But okay, okay. Well, well now uh, he's disappearing. Uh, he coming back? Uh, oh, he's got the glasses on. Uh, oh my god! Here we you know go. What I'm talking about. All right, Nick. All right, you're on, uh, brother. <laughs> I, I want to hear it. And, and let's come on. Let's be respectful because we're on Dave's channel, so don't don't get gross or anything. But I want to hear your uh, six months to two years prediction about if anything you think are going to be uh, semi-permanent changes because of what's been going on. And, and they might keep going on. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night. Um, well, the first two months is a little bit hard to predict because everybody's still kind of not sure about COVID. But um, I think because you, know you know how some malls – are just kind of abandoned, save for one or two stores. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that, that was, was a long time coming. Sorry to throw that in there, but I know, but like, I know this has been happening for a while, but I think COVID and all this other stuff is really speeding it up. Um, in the next two years, I'd say they're probably, I'd say in terms of doing things remotely, they're going to get, employers are going to get more lenient, especially since, like right now, 
even if you're a good worker, you could be, you know, your production could be, you know, stilted because you have to take care of your kids. But yeah, I think especially right now, I think especially right now, schools are just going to stay closed simply because um, it's, we don't know what's going to happen because Wazoo's committed to distance learning for the summer, which means we're guaranteed to have everything remote until the fall. Cause it's really easy to start as an in-person class and say, Oh, just kidding. We have to go, we have to go online, but it's a lot harder to then say, Oh, just kidding. We're having in-person again. Mm -hmm. So Nick, let me, let me take you um, a step, kind of pivot you in another direction. So I, I think you're, you're nailing right on a discussion about how's COVID going to change things and maybe with a blend of, of some of the, the protests involved, like it's going to be a liability to own space in a mall or retail shop. So some, for some people that'll clear, maybe how about just what, what do you think is happening in the last like week with the social unrest? Um, wh- what do you, what do you see? Cause you're, you're in tune to this stuff. You, you've, you have a good way of, of looking, I mean, when you're on my show and you're talking about yeah, stadiums, there, there's some engineer probably already working on something that would come down and sanitize a, an entire stadium. I'm thinking Pfizer form in Milwaukee. I'm like, oh my God, like, I mean, you, you see things in such a way. I mean, that's the benefit of doing the show is like I get enriched by, you know, people like you share information. Um, John Steele tell me, hey, use a TTY line if you ever really need information because I'll always answer <laughs> no, that one. TTY line. Anyway. Anyway, that's on, that that's on show seventy-eight. Anyway. But that's on show seventy-eight. But anyway, um, what do you what do you what do you think? You're not held to anything on this, right? Because none of us I, know. I but know. but let's let's try so to like get out of it. all of this and say, yeah, what's what are some things that could be societal different, structural different, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. policing different, education different because of the last week. Well, because of the last week, I think, I think people are going to be trying to reopen a lot quicker because I know some of this is this police is like police brutality. I haven't followed this, the whole thing with the, like the foot on the knee or something on the neck or something, but I have seen is people revolting. I have seen people revolting just because people, some states or counties are being really slow to reopen. It's like, I, I remember, uh, like, maybe Bacon and John have heard of this, but Snohomish County said, like, basically said, F you to the governor, we're going <laughs> to be with them, kind of. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to, I think we're going to see more of that. Because, like, it's like, this is what happens when you keep people inside too long. So, so I think you got a good point on that. I'm going to, uh, so here's, a, here's another thing. I don't know if I spell autonomous right. So what you're saying is, like, local, whether city or region, they're going to be more autonomous in their decision-making. I mean, instead of like waiting for a governor. So that is actually going to ripple through their police departments and how they're interacting with, with people in their community. Um, yeah. So how, how, Eventually. Eventually. You know, yeah, communities are going to start interacting probably much more unilaterally with, with their, with their citizens other. and yeah. people versus a consistency across communities. Right. Well, hold so on I, a second, I think though, Nick, is that what you're you're guessing that you will have that? That uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. No, I'm no. guessing. I'm guessing because I've seen it. I've seen people revolted, revolting against Inslee's stay-at-home order, 
I've seen him walk back from a, oh, no, we can't go by a county-by-county approach. That would be too uh, decentralized to, oh, yeah, some county's going to apply to move to phase two. Okay. And then he's, if you've noticed, he's actually kind of loosening his standards, too. Well, he's getting so ambiguous, I don't know what the fuck he's telling me anymore. Exactly. His standards are... I'm sorry sorry to curse, but I I, I didn't... I just read the thing he wrote the other from his office the other day. I'm not sure what it means. It's written in Chinese. <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> the, lar- the larger point is, like, if enough people were revolt, Inslee has backed off on his stuff. Originally, in order to reopen early, you had to have a population of less than 75,000 people and no new cases in at least three weeks. Right. He, no, now no his standards are a lot more loose. So based it, but it the only reason he did that was because pushback. Pro, yeah, the longer he just you know sh- tried to shut everything down, because I th- I think if he had his way, I think if he had his way, he'd just keep everything shut down until oh, yeah. there's a vaccine. Yeah, but um, so then the torches of Paris Force yeah. will really start coming out. But basically, it's it's the people and the more localities, just right. like no, trying no. to exert no, no. their own will and taking matters into their own hands. Some yeah, more decentralized, um, you know, government control. Right. Actually, so in Wisconsin, like that's a big thing with school districts, right? There's 421 school districts, and one is on an island with 50 kids, Washington Island. Um, but <laughs> oh, the reason, the reason, the reason, you gotta go through really choppy waters to get there too, my friend. You was know what's really funny is, is they have 47. They have 47 people on their uh, PTA board, but I'm sorry. Right, and artificial turf, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. But the thing is, so, so there's a lot of local control that is just part of that. Like school boards get to make a lot of decisions in Wisconsin. Although, like when you look at it on some aspects, it, it's kind of weird. Like, why do we have to create this this policy, and then 420 other districts have to replicate this policy about hot lunch or, you know, a distance that we pick kids up for buses or? Th- I, I mean, I teach these classes, right? Of aspiring superintendents and stuff. I see a lot of this inefficiency, but at the same time. You do have a lot of local control. You can shape things to the the flavor of your environment, your context, which is really pretty cool. Versus, you know, a school in a large urban area, and and that process you would replicate identical in this in this island, right? Of forty kids or whatever, it wouldn't make sense. So I think another thing you brought up, and I wrote it down so I didn't forget it, but I think you brought up a really cool point here, Nick, is when we look back at this time, like this week in particular, maybe, you know, in six months or a year, there could be this thing where people are saying this was really a comorbid event, right? Because there were a lot of counties, a lot of cities, states uncertain about lockdown, who was in lockdown, who wasn't, and that's a form of oppression, right? Um that was happening at the same time as the protest because of police brutality and not having your voice heard if you're a person of color. Um, hey. so, so maybe these two things are comorbid and it's exacerbated by COVID-19 and the inconsistencies in the cities and the states like that had been a prime. So I think that's a good thing when that we'll look back on, like, would this be to the extent it is right now, if people weren't already, you know, how much of this is, is how much of it is that pent up pressure? It's pent up pressure, which is maintaining this and and manifesting it. Several people bring that up. 
I think it's a good, it's a great point, Nick, because people are making these two separate events and maybe they're really not. Um, you know, maybe this maybe is a local each. control oppression. Who's making decisions? Um, which is the deeper root at all of this? Um, I don't know. I'm just saying, though, I, 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 if we don't have these discussions, like, where do they happen? Right. So, right. But, uh, no, but, but I think, I think, we're done. Nick, by the way, brilliant shit, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Nick, but, thank but, you. But, Thanks, guys. Uh, this but means let's, a lot let's, coming let's, from let's, everyone who's older than me. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, just because you're older doesn't mean you're smarter. Trust me. Uh, but everybody, let's, let's uh, finish because uh, I got to check out. So everybody finish. Uh, it's only three eleven in the morning here. It's only three eleven so. in the morning. So everybody <laughs> finish your thoughts. Who's next? Uh, bacon, uh, bacon. I, I was want it, want your thoughts. Six months to two years, if anything different. Uh, six months to two years. Uh, it should be noted. Since you bring it up, we are now past a three hour mark, which means I have uh, graduated into making margaritas here. Um, <laughs> Woo! So proud. W- with or without salt. Uh, without salt because I'm in the studio and I don't feel like going to grab the uh, salt rimmer. Okay, good to know. Um, so forgive me for that all that uh faux pass there. Um, so I threw in the chat uh in safety dog put it up ghost restaurant malls. Now Nick had brought up um the malls being uh slowly going down in decline. Um, with the COVID thing really accelerate accelerating things now. Boots on the ground. There are several restaurants that used to service, uh, you know, before this went through. Only one or two of them are still alive. And they're, they're being moved into places like there's a place called Din Tai Fung. I think there's one in Portland. There's a couple in California. And most of them are in like Japan and China. Um, but the one I service now, one is in its original location up in U District, uh, um, over in the UW area. The other one is, is was a Pacific Place, I think. And they're operating out of what used to be the Bars and Noble. Oh, okay. I know exactly. University Village. Yeah. 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 So one's operating U Village. It's operated at the same place. Um, but the other one's operating out of an old library, basically. And that's the only way they're able to stay open. They're selling, and they're doing the same thing. They're selling bottles of wine, some growlers to go, etched beer, uh, etched wine glasses, all that kind of stuff. But come on, six years to two months, what's up? So the thing I brought up was the ghost restaurants, and that's still that's been going on for a while now, apparently. So back to Nick's point of, you know, you have this real estate that you're still paying a lease on. You still have like a year, nine months, or six months to go with. A lot of these people, they're going to be running restaurants, you know, that aren't really open to the public, but people are delivering from. That may be something that I end up coming out of this. Um, so, like, that's the norm? Like, someone designs a restaurant specifically made to just be delivery or something? Correct. That's what the whole ghost restaurant thing is. Hmm. Um, now, I have I- not personally delivered for any of these, but, you know, all bets are off at this point. Um I think, as I said before, you know, I think a lot of the people who are now working at home who are previously required to telecommute to cubicles and offices and all this other stuff, a lot of these people are going to at least apply to just continue to work at home. We might have more internet, um, 
not real estate. What do you call it? Basically, we'll, we'll invest more in internet at home. Bandwidth. So we continue doing their jobs at home rather than having to go commute. And then again, you know, it's a next point. More people might actually start paying more attention to what their kids are actually learning in uh, in elementary, in high school, or whatever the heck else they're going into. You know, are, are you being taught how to do, you know, mathematics and multiplication with or are you being taught that uh, white males are racist no matter what? That could happen, you know? You know, there's going to be a lot less road travel. There's probably going to be less road construction because, you know, there's no traffic to uphold anymore. You know, all kinds of things are happening. All bets are off at this point. I mean, I was saying early on, like, you know what? This is the same society. And, John, you remember this. Remember Snowpocalypse? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good old now, now I don't know if you got to any got out to any of the stores, but I certainly did. And by God, I I kid you not, I saw people. I I just went in for like a can of soup and like some other stuff I need to get. I walked into people shoveling cans of soup and vegetables and chili and all this kind of stuff into their carts, literally shoveling armfuls of it. Like people were panicking out of their freaking minds. Now, you would think after an event like that, people would have learned from that. Oh, no. Guess what happened a year later? Corona apocalypse. And they're doing the exact same things. Buying off all the toilet paper. There's still no alcohol, actually, no isopropyl alcohol available at any outlet you go to. Trust me, I've checked. There's still a whole lot of stuff that's not available, but you remember the allergies. This is the same population that went through a, an apocalypse, again, acutely, as the safety doc will bring up. You know, it was only about, like, a week or nine or ten days or something. But you would think they would have learned that. Oh, no, they didn't. So my thought was, you know, we're not going to learn a damn thing from that. But you know what? As you're saying, we're going through this, and now we're going through other things. Murder horns being introduced. Now some black guy got killed by the cops, and now we have to ride in every major city. And things are just going to go on from there. I think things will uh, continue. We might actually see some changes out of this. So, um, I mean, two years, really, all bets are off. I can't predict the future, but we might be have a lot more work at home. Um, so. Whether it's for our own safety or just better convenience. And maybe we can actually, you know, hang out with our children and pay baseball for once. You know, right. or, you know... Maybe the kids actually learn to study from home. Maybe, well, you know, you, you brought up, you know, what kids are actually being taught in schools and what parents are actually seeing. And, you know, hey, wait a minute. Maybe they don't need to be learning this. Or, hey, maybe they're not actually learning anything here or not learning at the speed that they need to be. And here, I'm actually doing a better job. Hey, maybe the kids will actually be taught better. Who knows? Or if they're paying tuition. Why am I paying? T- why am I paying so much tuition for this? Exactly. Is it okay? Sorry, I just I, to... I want to get uh, I want to get Dave's uh, you know six months to two years and, and and you're just spitballing here. No one's holding you to this. Dead. Just right. Right. Um. So one is I think we're going to see uh, an increase in frequency of whether it. I don't want to say protest, but it's going to be community gatherings, input sessions. Um, I, I think every 
you know, if you're a community where where riots, uh, protests have happened right now, you know, most of those what maybe thirty thousand or above, um, they're going to put some process in place to have more frequent um, interaction with people of vo voicing their opinions. And, you know, this is kind of passive now. People can, what, fill out surveys, they can run for a seat on a board or something. But that's, again, as an expert witness, a lot of the stuff that's passive, you know people aren't gonna do that. Um, so you gotta meet them at what they're going to do. So um, I, I think you're gonna see, as you guys have already touched upon, um, and, and we saw this with the reopening with COVID, but I think we're also going to see this now um, with the protests being violent in cities. Cities are going to figure out how they want to interface with their citizens and make up their their rules, their protocols for that, what their police force looks like. Um, and I think that's going to start to vary greatly from city to city. I don't know, again, what that'll look like, but I, I don't think you're going to have, here's what we have for state of Wisconsin, here's whatever. I think things will fragment down very small into the unit of, the unit of measure will be the city or the the precinct or whatever. I think it's going to, I think you're going to see a reintroduction of beat cops. You're going to see an investment in that, um, that was very effective for a number of of years, right? To you knew that if you had um, beat your cops walking around neighborhoods and people were interacting, not in vehicles, but walking around neighborhoods. No, what, that's. I think what you're saying is when you actually knew the name of the you knew you, name knew, of the you knew the name of knew the name of the cop, right? Yeah. That you cop, were uh, Officer uh, O'Malley. How are you? How are you? You were much uh, more likely to share information and then also to comply. Right now, the police, for the most part, you're are more very invested. abstract. You're more invested, and so that relationship has become very abstract. And part of that is what technology, right? I mean, we we saw it in the COVID stuff in Bellevue, Washington. Just go online if there's a social gathering <laughs> greater than five. You can drag the Google map over. I made a video of it, like I took it off. I but so I, I remember think, the. I think this investment in the beat cop, um, you know, uh, approach in things, um, and then, right? Are people going to? What's the appeal of urban? living when oh. your assets are tied to this this area which is dense and can be destroyed right are you all are you going to you'll have companies within a month or two which will start to sell things not only security things but ways to quickly take inventory from your property into a secured location right that'll be a business in 30 days someone will have that of saying we can be at your location in 60 minutes and almost like a Brinks truck, we'll take out the things you prioritize. We'll have it. We'll drive to this location and then they'll, you know, we'll be responsible for the content. Yeah, we'll fortify it. We'll, yeah. We'll and and part of this is the psychology of this would be then to take these assets away, which also would decrease the likelihood of people breaking into like the first place in Madison that was broken into was a jewelry store and all of the jewelry was, was taken. So, so I think, oh, I, I think some of, some of these things, but, but I want to, you know, I'm trying to get at some of the deep root stuff. And I, I think like the beat, uh, the beat officer, more civilians involved, maybe, you know, in patrolling your, when COVID hit, my neighbors and I talked about, Hey, what if we have to secure our own neighborhood because our police force is ill and they're self quarantining? <laughs> like, what if we have to respond if somebody gets hurt or there's a car accident? I mean, we talked about things like that and I actually felt confident 
that we'd be able to to coddle some again systems develop right we know on 911 the harbor rescue so these types of things but um but yeah i think the whole appeal of urban living is it, it, John, I mean, you, you know this. It's I mean, going up in flames. It has to be a liability. I mean, Juan had it earlier in the chat room of saying, you know, he was really nervous for his area in San Francisco um, because, yeah, if, if you're there, your vehicle's there, your house is there, your other things. And again, this it's just the, the more dense populations, of course, are going to be the, the areas where people are going to congregate to. So what does that mean for, so real estate, are we going to see these, these communities mm-hmm. like a Baltimore, like a Detroit, are they don't, going to start losing population to the suburban areas? Are we going to, I would say we're going to see a population increase in South Dakota. Aaron Clary called me up a couple, maybe a month ago. He calls me up and he's <laughs> like, Hey Dave, are you still serious about buying like real, real estate? Cause like I, there's a spot. I, can, I got a bridge. I want to tell you. <laughs> I can hook you up you with my real estate. He's like, got me on the spot. I'm like, I don't know. Not this moment. Uh, when you open the picture, you, you instantly bought it. Congratulations. <laughs> but no, he, he called me and he said, he, 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 he's thinking there's going to be the, this. This was, you know, again, a month ago. So I think that that is North Dakota, yeah. South Dakota, Wyoming are going to have an appeal to people that um, they didn't have an appeal to before. Bef- before. I think um, anywhere with low cost of living, I can see that happening. Because think low, about it. Why, why do people like to live in big cities? I mean, some people will do it just like the hustle and bustle, but a lot of people do it is because of the jobs and the economic opportunities. Like you can get a high paying job. And because you have to commute, you have to be close to the city. But what happens if people can work remotely and they can right. live anywhere? Or maybe I could, I'd be fine with the middle. It's like, if you want to work remotely for us, Nick, you have Nick, to live in I, our I, state. Nick, but, I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I got to, I got to let Doc finish his point because I, I got to oh, hear the end of it. I just wanted to add to that real quick. No, 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 no Nick, I, agree, I, 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 I totally agree with that. You're, yeah. you're so, totally, but not John. to mention the, the human aspect of that as well. People are still social creatures, believe it or not. Right. So that's going to play a factor. Um, sorry, Doc, please continue. No, no, no. I, yeah. And I think people will be social, but, um, but yeah. So, so this whole thing that we were rapidly moving toward urbanization. Um, you know, and saying, "Hey, you know, don't have a, don't have a vehicle. Uh, we can get you around public transit." Well, COVID mm-hmm. shut a lot of that down, and now we've also seen you know public transit shut down in these cities completely because it's it's you know dangerous. These things can be taken over; they can be set on fire. Uh, people can be be hurt or killed. So, so this whole appeal of urban, I think, will will shift. I think the beat cop part will shift. Um, I, I think what people keep in inventory and you're going to see these little networks sprout up is kind of this defensive posture, you know, not just the buildings will have these things like, in, you know, the bigger cities, New York, where you pull it down and it's, you know, the, the gate in front of the, the place or San Francisco. <laughs> <The purge>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have those in, in a Des Moines or a Madison or stuff, but, but I do think it is going to restructure how people keep stock in hand or very, Limited stock, but if I'm trying to get to really the sociological and the cultural things, um, and I mean, so where the where this kind of you know protest and and vandalism looting had happened in Madison was about a block away from UW Madison where that complex starts, and there's a story I want to tell. So when I when I was doing my doctoral program at UW Madison, 
it was late at night, maybe like 11 o'clock, and I was at the sixth floor Memorial Library, which if I was there today, I, I'd be overlooking all of this stuff happening. Like that's how close it is. And I had, I was, I was doing a research um, paper, like a 40 some page paper with two other ladies. Um, De- well, this is back when he actually had to use a typewriter. So Desiree and Shell Trace. Okay. So they, they were, we were all working together. Now here, here's the part of this, right? So um, it's like 11 o'clock. We've been doing this paper for a long time and they're like, we should get something to eat, but like you couldn't have anything delivered to the uh, library. It was yeah, no food in the library, the bugs. The it, bugs. Right. It wasn't allowed, but, but they said to me, so they said, if you order it and go down and get it, it'll be, it'll be all right. And I'm like, why? Cause like I'm older. And they're like, no, cause you're white. And both of them are black. <laughs> <laughs> Holy and, shit. No, this is, this is true. And I actually have a photo of that session because we had so oh, much. Fuck it away. But this, but it was, but it was a point that was actually right on. Right. Because if either of them ordered this and they would have gone down, this is 10 years ago, they would have said, no, you can't pick food up or whatever. So I'm like, really? And, and maybe I was, I was just, you know, naive and, and whatever, but so we ordered, I went down, I paid, got the bag, kind of looked at the person. <laughs> at the, 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 you am know, I the, being punked? At the, card, <laughs> at the card catalog, you know, am I going to be like, are they going to confront me? Yes, sir. You can't have this or you can't. And I, up on a list. It's obviously, you know, Chinese food because a guy brings it in and it's got all of the stuff. And <laughs> I go to the elevator and go up and we eat. But it was one of these things of, of yeah, I mean, there are things like that on a more, and it's not just pe- you know, people of color, but I mean, just in general, how we treat people, younger, older, mm-hmm. different things in society, yeah. different positions. How do we treat essential workers? Who's essential? Who's not? Mm-hmm. All of these things have kind of come to to this, this really deep uh, uh, sociological discussion. And I, I think essential worker probably works into this too. I mean, so you're. It you goes know. back to what John Stowe said before. You know, it, it, he says tribalism. You know, I have my own thoughts on this, but we, we are going to have our own in group preferences. It doesn't matter which race, it doesn't matter which gender, it doesn't matter which socioeconomic place you're in. There's always going to be some in group preference. You know, I can say this whole group has its own in-group preferences as opposed to everybody else that's outside wearing masks is freaked out or is protesting or whatever, you know? Right. Right. We're always yeah, going to yeah, have an in-group to, preference. To Bacon's point, I just want to say that it's like, I never said tribalism was good or bad. I just said it was a reality. It's, it's the natural. It it's the natural consequence of how our psychology works. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, now, and I think the, the point with that library story is saying, you know, the fact that there couldn't be food and we're responsible adults and you couldn't have some process for everybody was what kind of made that it made sense. Like there should have been food allowed for adults who are studying there in a study room. And, and I mean, so there, there were just some big big things with this, but, but I remember that it, it, it struck me there. I'm like, I, th- and I thought it was cause I was older. Right. I thought mm-hmm. that was the reason they'd have me go down. Cause that'd be ageism. I, it's ageism. I've, I've got that going <laughs> toward me. They're not going to mess with the old, the old guy who the knows guy, his, yeah. his, 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 uh, well, you, were, you were the grad student. They were the undergrads. Yeah. yeah, kind no, of we, yeah but we were all on this, but, but it was, but yeah. So, so I think, you know, I've kind of put those, those points, um, you know those points out there. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to, and I, and I, you know, I'm going to kind of write about that too. Is 
this this is a phenomenal thing for me to document right now and go back on this podcast stuff like this too because the, these two concurrent events happening in in chaos how do we unfold these and then what comes out of it that's attributed to one or the other or both you know like working remotely and so hey john how about you yeah, let's um, get your take before you have to go to bed here. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you asked the question. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm the oldest person okay. here, so I, I, I'm overdue for my nap. So <laughs> you're Aaron and Flurry. <laughs> thank, thank Four you hours. for all you young nap guys indulging me. Um, uh, uh, mine's a little bit more nuanced. Um, I, all right, you know, I think Bacon touched on this about tribalism. I do believe that um, the modern world is is kind of an expression of that. And I think that this uh, technology that, you know, Bacon was talking about, about how uh, you can do more things remotely will further lead to the atomization of people uh, where they are less uh, less invested in their local social network. And I believe there was a very liberal uh, sociologist that actually hid his research for a while. And, and uh, David may know the details on this. Uh, cause he didn't want to admit to the fact that diversity actually led to, uh, a decline in social cohesion was, uh, I think the <laughs> sociological phrase that they actually use for this. And I believe that, um, yes, I think that, uh, I, well, I know for myself, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too involved in this cause to be honest, I've given this quite a bit of thought, so I'm not going to get too far involved in it, but I will just say that. But I also just want to say that, um, uh, thank you so much to Nick and Bacon and, and of course, to Dave for um, having this show. And I think it's good. But I also think I just want to uh, I don't want us thank to be gloom and, I don't want to be gloom and doom. I think that it's very important, especially for, uh, you know, content creators or people who are guests on those who are content creators to uh, be beacons of uh, hope and help. And um, so let's not give in to despair and let let us do whatever little bit we can to, you know, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that kumbaya BS platitude, you know, BS, but, you know. Well, look, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. You know, fine. We're going to talk about things that are good, bad. You know, that doesn't mean that everything is lost. You know, that's the reason we're speaking. This is, this has been an intellectual discussion. Go ahead. Yeah, no, this, this, half hours. This, this, I mean, this has been an intellectual <laughs> discussion. If if someone was to you know listen to it and do what's called coding and kind of take out themes and stuff, I mean, I think there's a lot of great content um, here at a very high intellectual level. I mean, that's honestly, guys, that's why I, I love doing the show when I have guests on, um, like like you know all of you because for me this feeds my mind and i'm not sitting there talking about oh you know who wore you know whatever outfit to the yeah you know premiere last night or what'd you think about this on the emmys and this and i'm bachelor i'm just like jesus look at gang smithy's latest uh, oh you got it up there already i want to have have a split apocalypse I want to have an intellectual, I, I want to have parts of my life that, that get very, um, you know, intellectually fulfilled um, through, through people that, that can interact at that wavelength. Um, and, you know, Aaron, Aaron talks about that a lot too, is, um, with, but so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Guys, I appreciate that you, you, you know, put this chunk of time out. This, I mean, this wasn't supposed to happen, right? Bacon got a hold of me after I got, I got banned on Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dave. I know we'll get you it. back on. I'll make sure of it. Don't worry. <laughs> it's just a temporary. What was it called? Like a T 
TAZ temporary automation yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In this temporary automation zone, yeah. everybody's problems switched. Once this away, tried to shut me down while the show's going on. <laughs> That's how you know you're bombing the right target. It's, it's so. It's just. It's. It's so funny. Whatever algorithm. I mean, in the context of, I'm trying to provide really good stuff, right? Like I'm trying to do good things. <laughs> one of the nicest. Like, I mean, no, no offense, Dave. Right? But, I mean, you were one of the most right. uh, soy. I'm sorry. You were like one of the most gentle people I know. I mean, banjo. I'm sorry. Most PG thirteen person here. <laughs> That even includes the shoe ladder for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? I, no, I mean, objectively, what? I'm like, what did I? What did I, I, I? So yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of these things of this hyper control of of this narrative, you know, whoever is trying to do this. But, um, but yeah, so any, anyway, yeah. So a plug. Let's plug our own, you know. So I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. Well, let, let's let Josh still finish his uh, his yeah, vision yeah. of two years from now here. No, I, I'm sorry. I feel like, 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 like I got David enough out. trouble as it is, and uh, I I have said my piece on that. But thank you, Bacon. I'm I'm all good. And and, and just to okay. quickly to plug to plug my uh, stuff, I'll just say John underscore Steel ninety nine on Twitter, and you can find all my stuff there. Again. All right. Good. I will, bacon. Are you asking me? Yeah. Your your stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh you can go to the goddamnbacon.com. That is where I have most of I have all of my stuff there. You can find me on Instagram at the goddamn bacon. Um backup channel bacon comments. That's also the same handle I have on Twitter. It is bacon comments. Spelled exactly the way it sounds. Okay, our good friend Nick Shulanner. All right. So you can find me at my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Nick Shulanner. Um, or if you're interested in my marketing services, spell it. Fine. S. Um, Nick at Dismore's IG. Really, bacon. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to learn about my marketing services oh, or maybe oh, hired oh, me, you can reach out. You can reach out at nickshulander.com. So that's Nick spelled the usual way. My last name is S C H U L A N E R. Okay, good. Do you and... see why I asked that now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure people go oh, to your no, page. No, no, man. no, no, no. I, I, I get you. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much. It was an honor to be on the show with all of you. I wish you it had... was an honor to finally talk to you for once, man. All right, yeah, yeah, John. I always appreciate, um, you know, when you do shows, I know you don't do a lot of shows, but your content, I always I love consuming it. I just appreciate so much uh, what you do. And, and yeah, guys, thanks for, for making the time. You know, again, this is face validity. Uh, you know, we had a number of people coming in and out of this live stream. This is good stuff. Be the good people that you are, your locus of control. Um, and I meant that philosophy of information. Say I observed, you know, be be the people, be that person. That people are like, when what John speaks, it happen in real time. He says things. He's got really go, you know, Nick and things like that. I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm blessed to have friends like you. So appreciate it. We'll we'll do this. We'll do the this again. Mutual. The feeling uh, yeah. is mutual. Hey, it's turning on tr- turning on uh, Twitter. Free Dave's Twitter. 
Redo. <laughs> oh no! No I, way! I'm retrieve oh, that before I go to bed, tweets in, in the last minute, <laughs> which is in five minutes. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much. It was a, a pleasure and honor to be on the same panel of the same day as all of you. Good night and uh, the best. And keep in touch, by the way. DM me. Peace out. We will do. Uh, I will do. Yeah. Bacon, check your Instagram messages. I sent you something. This has been the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio show host, and leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Remember to check back each week for the latest, best, and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. You can find Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.